everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Lenient Critic Podcast. My name is Rowan Wood, and uh, today we are going to discuss uh, the movie that has been sweeping the box office the last week and a half. Uh, it made a billion dollars in just over a week, which smashed uh, records for the last couple of years. Uh, and of course, this is uh, this uh, talking about Spider-Man No Way Home uh, is no easy task, at least all the way through. So I have two guests with me today, ready to talk about Spider-Man. Uh, they are uh, Alice Geneva McKelly and Foster Harlfinger. Foster Harlfinger. That's his real name. Thank you so much for <laughs> joining enough. me, guys. Yeah, thanks for Thank having you for us. Having me. So uh, I figure we will uh, we will start off talking about Spider Man with just a little spoiler free segment in case there is someone out there listening to this episode that hasn't seen it. Um, I personally have seen it twice. I've, Foster, I know you've you've seen it what three times at this point. Three. <laughs> yeah. Alice, uh, have you seen it more than once? Twice, and Twice. my plan is to see it at least once more because I want to see it in IMAX. Because mm-hmm. yes, you know, mm. we'll, we'll get yeah. we'll get into why I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I honestly wish there was an IMAX theater near me because I Foster knows this. I go to school in in, in uh, New York near the city, and there's lots of IMAX options around here. But I live on uh, Cape Cod uh, in here for the break, and there the nearest IMAX theater is 90 minutes away in Boston. So there is no good way for me to see uh, IMAX <laughs> movies regularly here. Um, yeah. But at least I go to school in the city and I can see them there, which is pretty cool. So uh, let us commence our t- uh, discussion about Spider-Man and uh, do a little do a little spoiler free review. Uh, Alice, we'll start with you. What did you think of Spider-Man No Way Home? Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it's going to be my favorite movie of the year. Let me just say that much. Like, I would not be surprised. I still need to consider it for the last few days left of the year. Um, but... It was everything I was hoping it would be, and then it somehow managed to severely improve upon my expectations, which I don't even know how they managed to do that. And I understand that there's probably a lot of, you know, Marvel bias and a lot of recency bias coming from my end, but, and also in general, you know, comic book geek sort of bias. But I just, I think that what they did is they managed to obviously have fan service, we'll say, in the spoiler free, while also making a really great film that explores some really interesting and important themes. Uh, so even if you took away all the fan service, I think at the, you still left with a great film. So yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Essentially Cliff's notes. Mm-hmm. Foster. Yeah. V- uh, very similar. I mean, I've seen it three times for a reason. Um, although I will say I was only planning on seeing it twice, but um there are still some people who do not know anything about this movie. And one of them was my sister yesterday. So I was like, okay, the fact that you know nothing about this movie is a miracle. I am going to see it a third time and I'm taking you with me. Um, So that was fun. Uh, I would say uh, enjoyment wise, uh, this movie is through the roof for me. I have uh, maybe one con with it, which is significant enough which is just that I think compared to the Sam Raimi movies, which I love a lot, and even the Mark Webb movies, I feel like the the visuals are not as strong. Um, like the, there's a, it's clearly, there's a lot of CGI and green screen done in No Way Home, I think. And so for me, someone who really appreciates the kind of crazy editing of the Raimi movies and the really dramatic camera whips and all that stuff, um, uh, it's a little, it's a little sad for me just that it's not as vibrant and, dynamic i guess but aside from that story-wise character-wise love everything about it um i'm sure i will be watching it 
more than three times <laughs> once I get my hands on the on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a movie that there was absolutely no way I was going to dislike. I love Marvel. <clears throat> I love Spider-Man. Uh, anytime Marvel makes anything, uh, you know, I, my least favorite Marvel movie is, is still a movie I look on in very high regard. I enjoy watching them all the time. And, you know, this is a movie, obviously without spoilers, that takes the last 20 years of spider-man fandom and uh well most of the last 20 years of spider-man fandom and brings it all together and makes it absolutely amazing you can watch it uh if you haven't seen any of the other ones and you can watch it uh with all of the foreknowledge that makes this movie even more amazing um so yeah that's uh spider-man no way home uh, podcast over kidding uh now we are going to uh now we're going to do what we really want to do and we are going to go deep into spoilers here um yeah, uh, I can't believe the rhino showed up in the first 10 minutes and killed everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, essentially we are going to go chronologically through this film. Uh, you know, occasionally I'm sure stopping to discuss character, arc maybe, uh, maybe, you know, something. Hey, that was cool. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's just, you know, start off at the beginning here. Uh, or before we go into that, uh, are there any, you know, big spoilers that you guys are just aching to talk about, at least at the start? Foster, why don't you start here if there's any that you want to point out? Well, big spoilers just throughout just, the just, whole movie? Just like, yeah, yeah, just big spoilers, anything that you like that you don't want to wait to talk about that you want to comment on right now. Oh, I mean, I'm a patient person. I can wait, but I mean, <laughs> the the big elephant in the room is Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are back. Yeah. Um, and if the movie had one thing to nail, it was that. And I thought they did that perfectly. They're both great. I think Andrew Garfield especially uh, makes the most of every second of, of screen time he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, seeing uh, going yesterday, just to bring this up again with my sister, was really fun. Like the moment the, they stepped through the portal, I just leaned over and looked <laughs> to see her reaction. And that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a, a great crowd reaction movie too, I think. Absolutely. I was, I was working today at the movie theater and um, it was, it, w- it was a pretty slow night. And so I asked my supervisor if I could go in uh, and watch a little bit of Spider-Man. Little did he know I timed it perfectly uh, to get to the scenes uh, where the three of them are just bouncing off of each other before the big fight. Cause we'll get to it, but that is one of my favorite scenes just because of the pure amount of callbacks and just the, the, uh, the ecstasy of seeing all of them interact on screen, you know, commenting on, on, on Toby's, you know, like web shooters and just, everything about the their interactions are highly entertaining but yeah uh, yeah yeah. i think yeah alice you want to oh no i was just gonna say the web shooter that was i remember when Mm -hmm. you know all the marketing and stuff was coming out and obviously they didn't reveal the toby and andrew thing but you know even i was saying to um aaron from you know sif pop writer's room i was like if they don't have toby and andrew that is the biggest mistake marvel will have ever made in their entire life because even if the film was just as good as it is now there's such disappointment that would have happened and also there's no way marvel has literally all the money they could have afforded to pay each of them a hundred million dollars each you know um which i'm sure they probably did but um no i think that for me the one bit i really wanted was the web shooter bit because i was like you can't that's important, I feel. You know, Sam Raimi decided to go with some weird body horror in the original trilogy. You can't ignore that. And I'm just so happy that not only did they address it, they continued to address it. One of my favorite scenes is just Andrew Garfield. I will say, I 
I don't know how, but I also think his presence in this film improves the Mark Webb films, the Amazing Spider-Man films. And mm-hmm. you can tell that Andrew Garfield is putting his whole self into this role. And so, you know, when they're revealing the whole web shoot a bit, Andrew's just like, how did you do that? I was just, oh, it just gave me so much joy. So, yeah, that was such a great moment. I really, for some reason, that was the moment I really, really wanted. And they did it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, yes. it was like it was like they were listening in on everything that fans wanted from this movie. And they really, you know, I mean, obviously they can't have everything. There is no way that they could bring back, you know, all of the characters that people wanted to see or, you know, like like bringing in bringing in the MCU Gwen Stacy, you know, like like mm. there was no way they were going to do everything. Um, and But of course, you know, this only leaves more things to happen in the future. They're not done with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. That much is, is clear enough. And just the fact that they are that they are giving us what we want while also holding out on some other things is just like it, it's indicative of you know of how good they are at telling these stories and you know budgeting what we want to see and and you know basically you know somewhat manipulating us in in mm. in that way especially um you know over the past year and a half you know uh Andrew Garfield uh very vir- virulently denying in every single interview that he is in Spider-Man No Way Home um I was I was watching a, a compilation of that the other day and it's just it's just uh, even the more even more hilarious now knowing what what we know and um it's it's just it's just so much fun you know now especially looking back on you know like Jamie Foxx when he was officially announced for this movie he posted a a photo on Instagram a fan poster of the three Spider-Men and you know and he he took that down very fast but you know and and that was one of the big early things that led people to say, oh, you know, Toby and Andrew are probably going to be in the movie. You know, Jamie Foxx confirmed it and all that. Um, and it, it it's just it just blows my mind how, you know, how we basically knew all of the big reveals in this movie. And yet they're still all the more amazing and all the more satisfying. Yeah. Um, well, I think so. they did it well in that there was that, you know, two percent of you going in that's like but what if they're not in it you know because they hadn't confirmed it so there was still that two percent of like oh but maybe they won't and then I'll be so disappointed um but what I really think they did brilliantly and I I 100% agree with um what you mentioned about how you know they didn't give us everything they did kind of hint at it for example Miles Morales which I'm sure we'll get into um you know they didn't give us Miles Morales which they could have they could have shoved in you know an African-American kid who could be him one day but they didn't do that um but what they did do I think was kind of not close out but they did use the past properties to really finally cement Tom Holland as Spider-Man because I think what is so intelligent part of the reason why I love this movie so much is that they've essentially tricked us for the last few years into thinking oh they've skipped the Spider-Man origin story we know you know we're not doing the Uncle Ben we're not doing the the stuff we already know we're just going ahead he's got the powers he's accepted his place we're moving on um it must have just happened off screen and then when you know Iron Man and Tony Stark died everyone's like okay he's gonna be the Uncle Ben figure okay we've got it yep that's fine And so we're thinking that we're meeting him in the middle of Spider-Man. But then when you come to the end of this film, you realize, oh, this entire trilogy has been his origin story. Like, it's not just a movie. It's an arc that is now. And it's why they've, you know, because I know that they've, I think, announced that there's going to be a second Spider-Man trilogy now. And so this has essentially been his setup of like, okay, now he's Spider-Man. He's been, you know, a kid with superpowers. He's been Spider-Man in name, but definitely not in spirit. 
And now we finally have the superhero that we know and love from previous, you know, iterations, um, which I just think was so brilliant and bringing in again, and I'm sure we'll go into it, but bringing in Toby and Andrew as, as like mentors, obviously, and also kind of allowing him to take that mantle officially is just that leaving the cinema is just like, Oh, I can't wait to see what's next, you know, not just because of a, a cliffhanger, like at the end of far from home, but just because of, I can't wait to see his next adventure sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. uh he, he, he is Peter one for a reason here, you know, when, <laughs> yeah. when they're naming all, all, all of the Peters. Um, um, yeah. Just adding on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main takeaway from this movie was Tom Holland is amazing. <laughs> I, like he does, I think every single emotional beat in this movie so well. Um, and like, even though I think a lot of people to stand up for them is Andrew Garfield, which I totally mm. understand but for me, it's still Tom Holland. Um, just as we'll get to, I'm sure with Aunt May and then, uh, the scene at the end when he's confronting MJ at the, at the coffee shop. Um, it's, he's perfect. He is, he is my favorite version of Peter Parker. I think, um, as Me much too. as I love the Rain movies, those are my Same. favorite movies just cause I, I love the style of those, but, mm. uh, Tom Holland is such perfect casting. I think, I think he's like one of the best choices the MCU has made as far as casting goes. Like right. right up there with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man for me. Yeah, you know, I think part like you know, there, there's an element of you know, like like Tom Holland for me is my Spider Man because mm. I am growing into I'm going into adulthood with him as the Spider Man that I have been seeing since since 2016. I saw the Raimi movies a couple of years ago; they were great, and I but and I just watched the Andrew Garfield movies. Uh, in the weeks before Spider-Man No Way Home for the very first time. And so because of that, I didn't have as much of an emotional connection to either uh, to, to either series. But like Tom Holland, you know, from him first appearing in Captain America Civil War five years ago, I mean, I've literally grown up watching watching this guy as Spider-Man. Um, and, you know, just it's, 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 it's just amazing that, you know, a hero who has really only had a big screen presence for the last two decades has... Um, and he he's been such an iconic character, obviously, for long before then. But you know, now he is you know he is as popular as I feel like he deserves to be because he's such a great character. And the fact that there have been multiple iterations of him that have touched so many people in so many different ways, I think is just um, I, I think is just amazing. And I can't wait to see what they do more with this character um, in the future. You know, if, if they choose to, you know, because now that they've established that Toby and Andrew exist in this multiverse, you know, th- there's quite literally an infinite amount of possibilities um, for the future, mm. uh, you know, especially with the, with, uh, what if, uh, also delving into the whole multiverse aspect, but yeah, um, absolutely. I have to say that depresses me when you're like, I grew up with Tom Holland. I'm like, yeah, I'm Oh, sorry. I'm so <laughs> old. <laughs> Cause I, w- I technically would have, I guess you could say I grew up with the, the Raimi movies. Cause I was, it, the first one came out in what, like 2001. So I would have been like 2002, seven, yeah. 2002. So I'd have been like eight. And so I have watched them all as they came out. And th- I don't know why I never got the connection to the Raimi movies that everyone else seems to have. Like, I really like them, but I've never seen them as this God tier, you know, like you Foster. I haven't seen them at this as this like a most amazing sort of trilogy, which so many people around me do. That like Spider-Man Two has literally this god tier place in so many people's lists and minds and hearts, and I've always really enjoyed it. But I have felt definitely the strongest connection to the Tom Holland Spider-Man, and I think maybe it's because 
he's been the most believable in his growth because I think as well with to both Toby and Andrew, they were playing high school kids when they were definitely not high school kids. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think also the, the supporting cast, I mean, it really helps that Tom Holland has come into such a, a well-built like world in the MCU. And he's been able to play off an established sort of cinematic universe um, and grow in that sort of way. But I still just, I think, you know, I 100% agree with what you were saying before, Foster, where Tom Holland just has this talent that he fully is that character. He is Peter Parker. And, like, I believe him. And he's just so good. And I think that, you know, in this movie, you're right, he does go through all the emotions and you really feel for him. Like, you just, you really do believe in what he is doing and I just think even past Spider-Man like I don't know how long he's going to play it I hope for still a little while but he will definitely have a career ahead of him like he's got that talent for sure absolutely yeah um all right so let's uh let's just I guess start start going into the movie and we'll uh (laughs) we'll you know um bring up whatever we want to bring up as we go along uh so uh the opening of no way home takes place directly after uh after the conclusion of far from home or i guess the the mid-credit scene where um where mysterio uh frames uh peter for his murder and uh reveals peter's identity to the entire world which do you guys <clears throat> what was your guys's uh feeling about this when you saw uh far from home you know like 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 was it was it more shock was it excitement or was it a mix of both yeah mix i of was both. mostly shocked that jk simmons returning that was the overriding (laughs) feeling like it completely (laughs) i I don't even know that i was paying attention to what they were saying i was just i was thrilled because i love that man (laughs) Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah i'm glad that they were like well we're not going to recast jk simmons he's literally j jonah jameson like you know um even uh, i don't know about you guys but i've played the the um, ps4 game the 2018 uh spider-man uh, playstation game and i'm in the middle of playing miles morales right now um but even then the one that they the, the voice actor they use for j jonah jameson the whole time i'm like mm, they just made him be like mm. just do jk simmons <laughs> like literally um but yeah no i remember when that happened i was in the cinema and i think i enjoyed far from home but it definitely wasn't my favorite and then that happened and i was just like oh no and then COVID had to go and ruin it for all of us and make us wait so yeah. long <laughs> but um but yeah i was just the the repercussions of this was something that hadn't really been explored in popular media and so i was very much interested to see where it would go for sure mm-hmm. yeah 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 sounds like you had the same reaction as uh you had the same reaction as uh peter did when he, <laughs> yeah. when, when, he when he sees um but uh yeah and so you know what one thing that I really liked about this movie that uh, that a lot of big blockbusters have gotten pretty good about recently is most of the stuff that was in the trailers that they showed in marketing was honestly from, you know, like the first, you know, 20, 25 minutes of the movie when when Peter, you know, when him being Spider-Man is, is he finds it that it affects his life. It affects uh, his friends lives. It affects uh, his, his family's lives. And um and then he goes to Doctor Strange, obviously. Uh, but before we get there, um, we there was a pretty major cameo early on in this movie uh, mm. that everyone in the theater mm. when I saw it opening night went. Bal- I mean, the, the, the crowd opening night went ballistic for everything. Oh, but yeah, you, you know this one, I, you know, there were a lot of rumors that Daredevil would show up, and 
I thought if if he does show up, it's not going to be for a major role because even if they have all of the villains, they have everything going on. Throwing Daredevil in there would just make it a little bit more chaotic than I think it should have been. And so I was honestly glad that he was only in the one scene and it sort of sets up that, yes, he does exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's probably the same version from the show. Who knows? Um mm. And it, it was just great to see Charlie Cox back. I think he's absolutely perfect as the character. Um, yeah. But yeah, how, how, how did you guys feel about, uh, about Daredevil coming in? Yeah. Well, have you guys seen Hawkeye? Have you been watching the show? Yes. Foster, you just watched this, 15, right? Yeah. 15 minutes before I logged on to this call, <laughs> I finished it. Well, okay. First of all, I know that this isn't a Hawkeye podcast, but I will say that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. I mm-hmm. was not I was not like interested in Hawkeye at all. And then the show ended up being amazing. And then the finale was amazing. And I was like, how dare they make Hawkeye this like <laughs> interesting? But besides all that, obviously... I don't like I won't spoil but there is a reveal in the second last episode that heavily implied the you know daredevil reveal would probably be coming as a result mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. thinking because of the character of Echo and Hawkeye there's a big part of her character that is um relies on the re- the character who is revealed in Hawkeye and so I was like well he they have to make an appearance and if they make an appearance there's no way they'd recast that character so they have to have Matt Murdock as Charlie Cox and so having him I do agree I think that was such a great moment of him as a lawyer which is I think you know it's been a while since I saw the last season of Daredevil but I'm pretty sure where he ends is very much in a I need to, I am you know a lawyer I am going to help people in whatever way I can And so this is kind, it could be a continuation of that character, or maybe that's a multiverse version. And this is just his new, like, this is the MCU version. Um, But I did really like it. And I especially like when he catches the brick and they're all like, Mm -hmm. excuse me? He's just a really good lawyer. I'm a really (laughs) good lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I feel like though, I do feel like they'd be like, um, do you have superpowers and we're just not aware of this? Because I feel like they've been around enough people with superpowers to at least now be able to ask that question. But I understand we didn't have time for that in a two, already two and a half hour movie, but it was still a really right. nice little cameo, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah. another thing before we go further, uh, I, 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 I just want to say um, when it comes to Hawkeye in episode five, there is a sort of offhand reference to uh, the new Statue of Liberty. And that was the same week that No Way yeah. Home came out. And that just like, I don't know if they planned for that specifically knowing Marvel, they probably did. But that yeah. is just like the amount of, 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 of planning and just specific, I mean, that had to be like a specific ask from like one of the higher ups, you know, can you work in a reference to this in this episode of, of, of Hawkeye? And I, I just think it's, it's, it's a real testament to the interconnectedness of the Marvel universe because, you know, the Hawkeye probably takes place uh, mostly around the end of, of no way home in, in, in the winter. And I just, well, think I'm it's... pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would. Cause he's, mm-hmm. it's Christmas at the end of no way home. Yeah. Right. So, and that's yeah. when pretty much yeah. Hawkeye predominantly takes place. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I never watched agents of shield. I don't know if either of you two did, but I think they no. did a similar thing with captain America winter soldier with Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was some reference to Nick Fury being uh, not well <laughs> in, yeah. in a certain Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode right around the time Winter Soldier came out. 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I watched all of Agents of Shield, which I do have okay. to say, it gets really, really good after like season. I think season three or season four, it gets like amazing. And unfortunately, by that okay. point, most Marvel fans have tuned out. But um, yeah, yeah. No, at the beginning, they do. I mean, he shows up. Samuel L. Jackson shows up in Agents of Shield yeah, as yeah. Nick Fury, and they. We also have Lady Sif. But yeah, there is definitely, and it's just like the um the Netflix Marvel shows where it's like at the beginning, there's a lot of references, and then they slowly mm-hmm. peter them out. And they're like, ah, mm-hmm. we don't care anymore. <laughs> Connecting too much. But I will say, yeah, in terms of that interconnectedness, I, I just think it all comes down to in Kevin Feige, we trust, you know, like he yeah. knows what he's doing. And I think it's so important. He, he has this balance of a being a great producer and b actually being a fan of the property and of the, of Marvel. And so he knows what fans want because he is a fan. Like I read this great quote from Denis Villeneuve, which is like the reason his films are always like, I really love his films. And the reason they're always so great is he says that he only makes them for an audience of one. He makes them for himself. And so as a result, people will love that because he's not focusing on what other people want. And so I think Kevin Feige is the same. He's like, all right, what have I always wanted? I've always wanted this and this needs to work. And so I really, really hope he's got an apprentice or something because (laughs) he's probably the glue that's holding the MCU together right now. Yeah. Yeah. We need to keep them locked up in a, in a a glass case so that nothing happens. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their plan with daredevil is, but I actually feel like, um, so I love daredevil. Uh, my favorite characters like superheroes, it teeters between, daredevil and spider-man so this was exciting for me but i feel like uh daredevil and spider-man would actually work really well together the way that spider-man is left off at the end of this movie now that as we'll get to he's um in new york and on his own and has to learn how to be spider-man without the help of tony stark and all the gadgets and the Mm. nice metallic suit and everything you know uh and so he has to start from the ground up which of course that's daredevil is is he's in the in the city on his own like on the on the ground level so if they wanted to <laughs> i feel like they could do a a pretty interesting mar uh sorry spider-man daredevil collaboration mm-hmm. i would appreciate that just because mm-hmm. i love those two characters and i know that's something that's happened in like some of the comics and cartoons and that sort of thing but yeah i will also say the crowd reaction day one was <laughs> through the roof when that oh, showed up but yeah if you're a week later, it's yeah. crickets. There's no. They're like, "Who's this man? And why is yeah. he? Why is this blind man catching this brick?" You might hear like actually, a oh, or two. Right, <laughs> that's right. it. Yeah, or just like like who is that? What is this? Who's this yeah. man? Yeah. You hear people like leaning were... over to their friend, being like, "That's Daredevil." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little depressing. The yeah. reactions were so loud on on day one that I actually missed a decent amount of the dialogue in that oh. scene because pe- yes. like like a, a, a decent amount of scenes actually people were just going insane sold out showing yeah. Thursday night yep. it was wild yeah same here I will say I feel like it was I don't know about you guys but as a film fan you know it was a bit of therapy I was like ah oh, this is what I needed <laughs> yeah. you know post COVID because that, that it hasn't been like that since Endgame and like it was just it felt so good to be in a cinema where people were reacting and look yes normally it's annoying when people yell over dialogue but for these sort of films you you are there with them and you know the ground was mm-hmm. literally shaking from people being so excited <laughs> about every little thing like literally from the moment you know that even small references like happy even showing up and like like him and may breaking up at the beginning and stuff like even those moments had people roaring with laughter and reacting so violently but then i was like i need to go see this again so i can i can actually hear 
what happens after the big reveals happen because I definitely missed so much dialogue in yeah. that first go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know when uh, when Electro later on mentions, you know, somewhere out there, there's there's a black Spider Man. You know, like yeah. like the crowd just went crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to an indirect reference to Miles yeah. Morales. It was it it, it it was great, and like you know, with the I knew that I was going to see be seeing the movie again two days later, so I was not concerned about missing things. Mm. Um, and and you know, like I knew you know a lot of like they they did include some applause like quote-unquote applause breaks for you know like 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 when toby shows up when andrew yeah. shows up um there was like you know they knew what they had they knew how people would react especially mm-hmm. on the first day so mm. yeah um but uh yeah so so daredevil uh matt, matt murdoch uh does show up and uh Peter, MJ, and Ned, uh, you know, this is a this is a big time for them. They're applying to college. As someone who was applying to colleges uh, just about a year ago, I felt this. <laughs> but however, <laughs> I did not. I was not burdened by the fact that I was Spider Man. So, uh, so I my college application process was relatively okay. Uh, their college application process is not as sound, and uh, none of them uh, get into um, MIT or any of the schools. At least Peter, any of the schools that he wanted to get into. Um, and so uh, then, you know, Peter, uh, he has an idea. He goes to the Sanctum Sanctorum and asks Doctor Strange for help. Um, in uh, And I, this, at least the beginning of the scene, was quite interesting. They made Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, sort of like... An, like a, a, a reference you know they, they didn't make a big deal of it but i just thought that it was fascinating that this is the movie that they i'm sure they'll they'll do a lot more uh you know coverage on that in dr strange mm-hmm. and the multiverse of madness um but for now i i just think it's, it's it's interesting and you know that makes sense you know dr strange was gone for five years so it makes complete sense that uh uh that wong would technically be in charge now if he wasn't uh if he wasn't snapped yeah, and I can totally see Wong being like, I don't care if you're back. I'm Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> Deal with it. I know you're more powerful. I don't care. <laughs> like, right, you know, right. I, I love, like, the little snarkiness. But um, I just, I really love that scene. And I know that one of the big cons for a few people has actually been Doctor Strange's presence in the film. Like, people are saying that the, the performance isn't as good and people are saying that, you know, his whole presence is a bit disjointed. I personally really liked it because... I do think this is an important dynamic to set up as with Tony and, and, you know, um, Steve gone and others on the way out, like this is going to probably be your crux of your main Avengers. So having them interact and getting to know each other and having banter is important, but also I'm also a huge, huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. So anytime he's on screen, I'm like, (laughs) yes, but um, I also do think it's important because I think it's important to show the fallibility of Dr. Strange. Like, yes, he's an asshole and yes, he does things for the ultimate good, but you also have to remember he's also a a sorcerer supreme whose entire purpose of life has been taken away from him. His whole purpose was being sorcerer supreme, which he no longer is, and being the protector of the time time stone, which no longer exists. So this whole big mission, life mission that was meant to be his entire existence is now gone. He doesn't have responsibility anymore as the sorcerer supreme. He's just a guy with a lot of magic who is a sorcerer and protects the world from an unknown other. Of course, he's going to be like, yeah, I like this kid. Yeah, I'll help him out. You know, and I like the, and so it makes sense to me and the mistakes that he makes and the fact, fact that he doesn't think it through 
makes sense to me as well. And so I really like that. And I especially like at the end where he's like, you didn't try and appeal to them before you asked me <laughs> yeah. to brainwash the entire world, which yeah. I think is just a perfect representation of like, of course not, he's 18. You know, he's just going to be like, ooh, magic will fix my problems, which <laughs> wouldn't we all make that decision? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I have you know my own issues with benedict cumberbatch's performance mostly his, his accent i'm not a tremendous mm-hmm. fan of his doctor strange accent i think oh i mean you know obviously <laughs> the man is an incredible actor um but you know just the way he mispronounced he, he he pronounces some words just it doesn't yeah. bug me but it bugs me it bugs me minorly um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no no it's a it's an inconsistent accent it's like he's overcompensating for the vowels right yeah like right. uh like trying a little bit too hard and especially when he's opposite tom holland who's also british who has a pretty perfect american accent yeah um yeah. i do i also love benedict cumberbatch uh he might win an oscar this year i think yeah, i know i'm he's so like excited a, slowly climbing because he's winning at a lot of the the random awards shows i feel like it's him or will smith um yeah mm. I, I think the maybe people's issue is that he's more quippy in this one than in the previous uh the previous movies mm. right like um He's a he's a very serious character outside of this movie, but here it's like the the fox mug, and I feel like he, is he wearing Uggs or something? Because he like yeah. slips on the ice when, right, he, yeah. when he when he's introduced. Which um, which yeah, you know, I, I think you know, he is a necessary presence, though. I agree with you. Yeah, it, it it fits in with what Alice was saying, and that you know he's he doesn't have too much to do, so he can just dress in comfy clothes and just sort of hang around drinking tea or coffee or whatever he's uh, yeah yeah he's he's uh, sipping on you know paying interns to uh, clean up the sanctum sanctorum, <laughs> um, which I'm like, why are they not using magic powers? Is that right. just me that when I like when I was watching that the second time, I was like, hang on surely i saw him literally stop a freaking tornado of water like he should be able to just be like and so i wonder if that's i do wonder how much impact has happened as a result of the fact that multiverse of madness was supposed to come first and then this and i know they've been doing significant reshoots for dr strange for it to make sense within the current time release timeline um, but I just wonder if there is maybe some context that might have been there originally that isn't there now. But it also in the story, because I know that the multiverse of madness is like, I assume the multiverse is going to explode and probably, you know, Loki's going to come into it and stuff, which would then, I it makes more sense that this came first. So I don't know what the original plan was. My my brain is very confused by all of this. But yeah, right. there is little little hints and jabs where I'm just kind of like, I wonder what, like, what is the major impact by this whole rearranging of calendar due to COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, just as a as a as an aside here, um, I, I read something that uh, a couple weeks ago they uh, they set up daily news pop up stands around New York City. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, 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 Daily Bugle pop up stands, Bugle, yeah. and 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 they were handing yeah. out uh, you, you know copies, and and there was a little ad that said you know help wanted at at at, at this address to help clean up uh, like a, a ton of snow and other stuff. And that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, that's um, awesome. That, right, right, like planting little clues there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and so uh, so Peter, um, you know, messes up Doctor Strange's spell multiple times. When I saw this with my dad, he was like, why couldn't Doctor Strange just stop and say, you know, Peter, you know, tell me who you want to remember and I'll I'll make them remember. And I, I honestly think 
Doctor Strange just just sort of wants to help out Peter, but he doesn't he doesn't care that much. He's just sort of yeah. he's not messing around, but he's he's just sort of doing the the least possible work to fulfill what Peter wants. Yeah, like I said, I think that it's just something to do. You know, he's like, well, I got nothing else to do. I'll help you out. You know, he's not really thinking about it. Because I've also seen this thing where it's like, why didn't Peter just wish for the world to forget Mysterio? And I was like, that makes sense logically. But these people are not thinking logically. (laughs) They're thinking more like, ah, my life was better when people didn't know who who, that I was Spider-Man. And then Doctor Strange being like, yeah, I guess I can help with that. I've done it before. You know, like it's not, they're not thinking like, oh, multiverse, you know. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hey Wong, you remember the uh, the full moon party at Kamataj? Yeah. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just love the fact that Doctor Strange is out here just throw just throwing wild parties and and then making everyone forget them. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, Strange, you know, as Alice mentioned, asks Peter, you know, you didn't ask them to like you didn't appeal your case which you know is the logical next step but peter is not going to be thinking about that right now he is a teenager he is uh he is not entirely rational uh at all times as as a teenager i can i can say you know (laughs) it's true yeah (laughs) um But uh, yeah, so then Peter goes to uh, also, you know, this is the last time we see Flash Thompson in this movie when Peter calls into the uh, uh, to Flash at the MIT mixer, um, mm. which I think was 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 pretty, you know, this was really the last appearance of Peter's high school friends. And I wonder if we're ever going to see them again, you know, who featured so heavily in um, in Homecoming and then Far From Home. Um I, I just wonder if, if this is the last time we're going to see them or if they're going to find a way to work them into the next trilogy. Um, because, you know, now no one remembers who Peter Parker is. And so there would be logically no reason to bring them back. Um, but I, I, I personally love the interactions that, that all of them had. And I really hope that they find a way uh, to bring them back at some point in the future. Mm. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, then I think Peter... they, they might because Betty Brant even like Angry Rice, you know, she mm-hmm. she was so much. She was in heaps of Far From Home, and then mm-hmm. she's literally in one scene of this movie, which mm-hmm. I get. I think that they were like priorities, Toby and Andrew. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right. this is what we need to focus on. Um, and but I also think it makes sense in that when you leave high school, there are people who you are around every day, and you do consider like really really close. But then as you leave you never speak to them again, you know, and it's not out of like, you know, malice or anything like that. It's just like your life has changed and you just don't have time to catch up with every single person who, to be honest, you were probably just friends with because of the vicinity of literally being around them every moment of every day. And so if that's also something where maybe they just come across them here and there, then that's something. But I can also see them bringing them back in later on as a, like running into Peter Parker and being like, Oh, well, if they reverse the memory spell, which I'm low key thinking there will be a slight reversion, but we can go into that later. Um, But uh, yeah, like that's, I'm not, I can see them bringing them back in, especially, especially with Flash Thompson and Betty Brant, where they're played by two relatively well-known young actors. So maybe, but I'm also not that upset that they weren't in as much of the movie as they were previously. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, in addition to the the students, I really like the teachers. I loved that scene yeah. with, the, with <laughs> Hannibal Burris and Martin Starr and JB Smooth. I thought that was hysterical. Like, uh, you know, you can you can you know crawl to next class, yeah. swing through the halls. You know, <laughs> we all know you can do um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Martin Starr. A, a few of the students put this together for you. No, man, that was you. Like, you. You did yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hashtag, uh, I believe uh, it, Mysterio. He's a conspiracy right, right, theorist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know how much of this they had written or planned before COVID, but it just it, it hits just a little bit differently in, in still a funny way. But, you know, now when I think of conspiracy theories, my mind goes to a different place than it would have two yeah. years ago, which I think is, mm. it, is it just blows my mind. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, and, and uh, to go back a little bit to um, to the young actors, um, Angry Rice, who I, I recently saw in uh, Mayor of Easttown, she's mm. fantastic in that show. And, you know, I, I I would understand if they didn't bring back these characters, but I do know that there's a lot of potential and a lot of great performances that have not yet been tapped. And I think that that if they they want to, there are some very easy ways to bring these characters back. So I guess we'll see what they choose to do in the next few movies. Yeah, Australia um, talent represent. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of actors uh, who are not from America doing really solid uh, um, uh, American accents here. Um, aside from Benedict Cumberbatch, his his is just pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, uh, also just a little side note here: two of the Peter Parkers in this movie uh, are not American, which I think is mm-hmm. is quite interesting. The last two, um, which you know, maybe it's just a sign that, and 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 these are, in my opinion, my two favorite Spider Men. Uh, maybe it's just a sign that you know Peter Parker, an American character, doesn't shouldn't be played by an American actor. Maybe there's a dichotomy there or something. I don't really know. I'm just I'm I'm just spitballing here. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Peter <laughs> goes to the uh, <laughs> the MIT administrator to uh, uh, to ask her to reconsider MJ and Ned's applications and then uh dr otto octavius shows up in uh, a scene that ended the first trailer uh didn't blow my mind because i knew he was coming back but it was still nice to see him alfred molina coming back to play Mm. doc ock um alice you 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 mentioned uh alfred molina uh uh uh, before do you want to sort of like how how did his character work in spider-man 2 compared to no way home do you think yeah, I think that um, what I think this film does really well is that it somehow manages to portray these characters from the other universes and other movies in the same way, minus maybe one, which is Electro, but we can talk about him later. But most, like the ones that matter, so Green Goblin and Alfred Molina, especially, it is the Alfred, it's Doc, Doc Ock from Spider Man 2. You know, they didn't Marvel MCUify him. You know, they didn't make him a, a shinier, nicer version of him that fit in better with the MCU as a whole. I totally believe that he is literally the Doc Ock that got pulled out of the middle of the big climactic battle between him and, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man 2 and plopped into No Way Home. And even the way that they kind of film him, the way his dialogue works, and obviously the de-aging of Alfred Molina, which I did not know, like, I didn't notice. The only mm-hmm. reason I know this I know about it is because, yeah, because I was just like, oh, wait, he's probably older. Somebody mentioned it. I was like, oh, of course, he'd have to be. Of course he's DH. But in the movie, it was never a, oh, hang on, I can see the strings sort of thing, Um, which is just, I mean, it's really scary how good Disney is getting with its de-aging technology, I have to say. Um, But, yeah, I just think it was... 
a great and very important thing to have gotten right because like you know Foster said with himself and and so many other fans Doc Ock is considered like the one of the greatest villains of all time and screwing him up would have been you know that would have put him in the grave and so the fact that they managed to adhere to him both in the you know evil and in the good and in the way he fights like he's so heavy in the way he fights and the way he attacks meanwhile this Peter Parker is much more in this Spider-Man I should say is much more I would say elaborate in the way that he you know defends and obviously he has his own arms that he fights with and his surprise and his ability to adapt I think overhauls the current the the Spider-Man that Doc Ock will have been fighting before he came into this universe and the way that they frame that and the way that they film it it is so it was so much fun to watch it was just so much fun and then from there I really did believe that he was yeah the Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2 or the Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. yeah one thing I, I appreciated even in the the way they do the spider sense is they're mm. pulling from the the Raimi movies with the like slow zoom and the mm the high pitched ringing noise that's in the background. So I like that too. I thought they did the spider sense really well. Uh, and yeah, Alfred Molina is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I also, I just really love, uh, one thing I love about the home trilogy is their sense of humor. Mm. Um, I just love the kind of dorky high school energy, like him knocking on the window of the, of the MIT. <laughs> woman. And then at the end, after the Doc Ock fight, when when she gets out of the car, she's like, "You, I see you. Uh, not okay." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but I even, that was really funny. Even in the fight, like I just think it's so brilliant the way the fight ends, where it's like the nanotechnology gets absorbed, and at first you're like, "Oh no, oh no, he's going to be more powerful," and it's yeah. like, "Of course!" Like I didn't even think about, of course, the nanobots would obviously adhere to Peter, and it's such a smart way that only this Spider-Man would have been able to do, and he mm-hmm. obviously Alfred Molina would have been like, "Ha ha, nanotechnology." And he's like, "Oh crap, I'm not in control of this." nanotechnology and it was so it was such see that's a moment that i say of like yes there are so many moments that people freaked out because of obviously the fan service and having them in it but that is such an intelligent way of combining the two and that was a really cool cool like reveal or action beat that i really really enjoyed and then yeah the dorky humor where he's got the like hand and he's like (laughs) like doing the little hand puppet with it and then kind of being like "Mm -hmm, well you can stay there while i take care of this and i'm just like oh such a nice moment i really enjoyed that yeah yeah. i'm in control of the whole tentacle situation you got going on there buddy (laughs) yeah and like even later on when may's like would you like something to drink and he's like (laughs) fresh or salt water he's like what he's like you're an octopus (laughs) fresh water it is yeah yeah she's so good i love her in this this trilogy yeah oh my goodness yeah 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 um we will we will uh we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> talk more about aunt may when the uh when the big thing happens later on well you know we're in spoilers she dies um but uh <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and so on the bridge uh you know peter reclaims uh his uh, you know peter gets control of the uh of the octopus legs and then norman osborne shows up i think this was honestly the biggest cheer in the theater at at least mm. up up to this point because he comes in in such a cinematic fashion coming in from and his, his laugh and his yeah. laugh it's so good so so good um and they, they upgraded the suit a little bit he doesn't look as much like a power ranger it's like a little, <laughs> yeah. a little creepier the the way they they make the the angle of the eyes and the mouth um mm. but i think as we'll get to i think it's a smart choice that they made him not have the mask because 
uh, as as we learn, Willem Dafoe is creepy enough without a mask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I um, I don't know about you guys, but there's a moment, especially uh, toward the end, which I'm sure we'll get to, where he's like, "You killed her." Where I'm like, in another life, Willem Dafoe would have been a fantastic Gollum. Like <laughs> yeah. he Ooh, was like the way he talks and the way which I again I'm sure we'll explore later. But oh my goodness, best performance of the movie. I know Tom Holland was amazing, but Willem Dafoe <laughs> was. Uh, he did not need to go that hard. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah, I genuinely yeah. would yeah. not be upset if he got a Best Supporting Actor nomination this year because it is something else. The The way that he retakes this character and then does so much more with it, I'm like, when did Green Goblin become the best part of this movie? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so good. He's, I think he's even better than in, in the yeah. first movie mm-hmm. too, which and you know, this he is does, from me who loves those movies. Yeah, and you know he does all of so his good. own stunts in this film? It was like one of his like <laughs> yeah, conditions yeah. of coming back where I'm like, this man right. is like 66 years old. Like, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, it's just, yeah, the, the way in which he explores, and um, yeah, I'll leave because I'm sure we'll get to it, but the way he explores the good and the bad Norman and the facial expressions and even the action scenes themselves, you just... It's like Heath Ledger Joker territory, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's incredibly yeah, yeah. impressive. And in reprising this role, he is one of the best MCU villains now at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Like, I think up there with, like, Loki and the Avengers and Thanos, and mm, I know a absolutely. lot of people love Killmonger. Mm. Um, yeah, he's, like, top three now for me as far as MCU villains go. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know... I knew that he was going to be one of my favorite parts of the movie from the scene in the alleyway where he's mm. staring at the mask and, and, and then the voice comes in his head and he, he reacts just absolutely perfectly with his, as Norman Osborn to the voice and then mm. just destroys the mask. I was just, I like the first time, the second time I saw that scene again today, I popped in to see it. Just, it just blows my mind every single time how good he is. But um, mm. but yeah, and so right after, uh, however, right after he first shows up, uh, Strange yeah. teleports Peter right back to the Sanctum Sanctorum. I was initially confused the first time I saw this before I realized that it was teleportation. I thought, like, was that a vision? Like, what <laughs> what just happened? Because the background fades back into the in into the Sanctum, and then Doc Ock mm-hmm. is there, and I was like, oh, okay, Doctor Strange teleported them back. Mm. But um, but yeah, and then and the so, lizard is behind him, and right? the lizard is there as well. Yeah, yes, um. Which, you know, there's there's definitely a story there as to how, you know, Strange found and, and captured the yeah. wizard. There's definitely like a like a there's definitely a one shot uh, uh, pro- uh, possibility mm. there. Um, yeah. Well, when he's walking you know, you, away after he first brings him in, he like holds his ribs like he's in pain. So something right. he, lizard got a few whacks on him. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Strange just just taking a regular uh, stroll in the sewers comes upon the lizard. <laughs> But um, yeah, and so Strange entrusts Peter to bring in all of the uh, alternate dimensional villains who have come uh, because they know that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and that's the only reason they're there. Um, when did Electro find out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man? And did I miss something when I saw Spider-Man, uh, when I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2? I'll be honest, I've seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 once in theater. <laughs> I've never been like, you know what I want to watch today? Amazing Spider-Man 2, for both the fact that the movie is, you know, not the best in the world and also it's a really depressing film just i'm like the gwen stacy bit obviously is just so freaking depressing i can't bring myself to watch it again so i don't remember maybe at the very end i feel like he maybe does i feel like he does 
And he gets yeah. mad about it as a result. Like, I think that maybe when Andrew Garf, when he's trying to appeal to him towards the end of the film, he reveals that he's Peter Parker, but I can't, I'm not a authority on this for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't remember either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously they were very selective about which characters they brought back because there were more people that knew that Peter was Spider-Man. You know, obviously the yeah. the uh, uh, the Harry Osborns knew. Um, although, you know, I can totally understand why they didn't bring back both of the Harry Osborn actors. You know, each of them ha- has their own has their yeah. own issues. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if anybody was clamoring for Dane DeHaan to come back yeah. as, as Green Goblin. Right. And nobody was clamoring for James Franco to come back for sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah I think that uh, they might need to. Yeah. The, the, there are like two villains that they just haven't quite gotten yet. And that one is definitely Hobgoblin. Like eventually, yeah. I'm sure. But yeah. Yeah. Right. I saw, you know, I mean, obviously this this movie, there were so many rumors before it came out. Like, oh, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And most of them mm. turned out to be not true. But, you know, one of the ones I saw was that Ned would become Hobgoblin. Yeah, well, he the little... is evil in the comics. And so mm-hmm. he does turn evil in the comics. But I think right. that they've dissuaded that completely in this movie, which I'm not mad about. I'm like, you don't need to have every person who's close to a superhero end up going into a jealous rage and becoming <laughs> evil, you know? So I, right. I'm much more looking forward to watching his exploration into being a sorcerer. <laughs> I think their little, you know, their little nod towards that was when he's yeah. talking to Peter and he and he yeah. says, "I promise not to start, turn into a supervillain and kill you." Yeah, prompted by uh, prompted yeah, by yeah. McGuire's little little reference there. Yeah. Um, and I love when they're yeah, both just like, "Yeah, good job." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have a they 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 have a bro moment there. Um, but yeah, and so uh, uh, Peter, uh, MJ, and Ned, they all, oh, we haven't talked about MJ yet. Um, you know, mm. near, near the beginning of this movie, you know, is, is probably when, when we get the most Peter and MJ, you know, like interaction. I mean, you know, obviously they're on, on screen a lot together, but the emotional beats here are, are few and far between just because there's so much that they have to include in this mm. movie. Um, so how did you guys feel? Because, you know, their relationship was introduced in Far From Home. And um, so how, so how, did, I, I guess, how did you guys feel about, how the relationship progressed in this movie. Do you think it deserved more? Do you think it, they focused on it the right amount? I thought it was good. I love Zendaya. I think mm-hmm. she's great. I love the the dark humor too. Like um, the, their FaceTime at the beginning, I thought was really funny. Like um, how she's a people person. She thinks the Mets are going to go all the way this year. <laughs> and then happy in the back room's like, hang up, we get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I um I believe it as like the way that this relationship has progressed. And I'll be honest, when Zendaya was first cast, I was like, uh, okay, sure. But I she's <laughs> won me over fully. Like I love yeah. her so much as MJ. I love the dark like the the dark humor, like Foster mentioned that they've gone in with her. And I do think this is believable as a relationship. Like it's really cute, you know, seeing them go from crush to relationship to well, like to couple high school couple to what is a like an actual relationship and there are so many small moments where i can believe that people who have been thrown together into all these like crazy sort of situations would develop possibly at a faster rate than your average relationship and i will say that one of my very favorite moments that i didn't expect especially on the second time around is after you know and we'll get to that moment more later but when um they find Peter after Aunt May and her and Ned just hug 
Peter and it like stays on them for a moment. That was, I like, I got some tears. Like it was really (laughs) touching and emotional. And I think that the fact that he has the support system and the best friend and the girlfriend, and there's no bullshit about the best friend and the girlfriend being together and it being like a weird love triangle. Like, I know that that's obviously a really big part of the Raimi trilogy. Like I'm, I like that. That's not, whole thing here it's just like no they're just they're friends they happen to be together they vibe well together and I think also the way that her personality works it makes sense that she would be more fine with the chaos and everything happening happening around them because she is a bit darker as a character and so you know in her personality and and I especially like her little comedy beats where she's just like I know a couple of magic words too beginning with please you know and like all those (laughs) moments you know and even her reactions like um to to all the like you know different types of uh characters coming in and and to ned the dynamic i just think it's really lovely and i do i do believe them as a couple and um i think it only is helped by the fact that they're a couple in real life so i'm sure that that chemistry has bled over for sure (laughs) no no way that's his girlfriend no way yeah Um, yeah that was so funny that yeah (laughs) Right, especially knowing what we know from uh, from from real life, mm. but um, yeah. but yeah, and yep. so uh, next up is uh, is capturing some other villains. We get Electro and Sandman coming back. Um, you know, Sandman sort of uh, appears, you know, in the background of a couple shots, w- which I think was fun, and just as just little little things of sand popping up. Um, mm. And then, uh, and yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's worth mentioning that you know, Sandman did not end uh, his arc in the uh, in his original movie as a villain. He 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 ended it as as sort of uh, sort of redeemed. Even though Foster, correct me if I'm wrong, um, he was the one that actually killed Uncle Ben, right? Yeah, they kind of retconned the, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. whole Uncle Ben storyline from the first movie in Spider-Man Three, which I yeah. do not love. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, just one Thomas of the Hayden many. Church is so good though in yes. the in Spider-Man Three. Like mm. he, his, he's got a really expressive face in, mm-hmm. and really sells it. I think so. Just a quick note: I don't know why they don't show his face in this movie. Oh, because, it's because like, he's in not the... in it. So he's um. They basically the entire okay. thing is CG, or it's the end scene after he's been cured is literally they comped the end of Spider-Man three, because I think it's because Thomas Uh. Hayden church has like let himself go a little bit. And so there's only so much (laughs) the aging can do. And so they, yeah. So they literally just took the like end of Spider-Man three and comped it into the, the, this movie, which, so that's why, so they would, the whole thing's just CG. He's entirely CG. Is that his voice? Did yeah, you, it is. He, he, he came voice? back for the vocal okay, performance. Cool. They, he just didn't come back for the physical performance. Okay, yeah. I found, I did find that a little distracting throughout the movie because the first time I was watching it, it was in the back of my head the whole time because I didn't know any of that. Mm. Um, yep. Rowan, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Right, right. No, 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 no. No problem. I, I, yeah, Foster, That you actually bring up something very interesting that I did not think of as to, you know, all of the original villains, you know, they 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 come back. It's their face, except for uh, Reese Fons as Kurt Connors, the lizard. Mm. Um, they're all physically playing their their performances, and uh, and and of course Thomas Hayden Church, and you know Sandman. You know we know that he can appear human, 
mm-hmm. from from Sp- Spider-Man three, and, and 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 it is quite interesting. And I never thought of that how he just does it throughout the movie. Although it does lead to the great little little visual gag on the couch when he sits <laughs> yeah. down and gets yeah, sand yeah. all over the couch and tries to sweep it off, but just gets more sand on it. And, you know, that's exactly what would happen. You know, um, yeah. Or Peter slapping his hand, right? Force, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like sorry, crumbles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, also Electro is back as well. Uh, you know, I mean, s- say what you will about Jamie Foxx as Electro and Spider-Man 2, and I'm sure a lot of negative things could be said. Um, he is a lot better in this movie, uh, uh, despite not being, I think, as good as he could be. Um, I, 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 I do think that, you know, the appearance is the least of the improvements here. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, he's Jamie yeah. Fox. They just like exactly. they took away right. all the maps, <laughs> and they're like, just be Django, you know, just be Jamie Fox. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. Which honestly, I I'm totally fine with. I know that that's still not quite Electro. I know that people are commenting on the fact that he's basically just being Jamie Fox. But given that the rest of the villains are more like, you know, obviously you got Doc Ock and and Green Goblin who are more like nuanced. Then you got Lizard and and Sandman that are more like one dimensional. It's nice to just have that quippy like hey, I look pretty good here. And also the power here is way more intense than my, than my normal mm-hmm. universe. Of course, I'm going to stay here. Like, you know, if, if I showed up in a new universe and all of a sudden my entire body's been chiseled into a, like into the perfect form <laughs> and also my superpowers have been times 10, I'd probably become a bit cocky too, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I... Uh, also... Oh, yeah. sorry go ahead no 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 no, no. you go I, I i was gonna move on <laughs> okay the way the way they're discovering these two villains he has to, uh, tom holland sorry mm. has the his yeah. phone duct taped to his <laughs> chest surely they have better technology right. than that like i would imagine but um that was funny too yeah <laughs> i don't yeah, know I how mean... there's any way they would see anything especially because the phone's angled upward a yeah bit. exactly like, like this is not helping anyone but right. i mean you know he Whatever. literally turned the spider-man suit inside out and honestly that suit looked pretty cool turned turned inside out looked way cooler than than it should have you know with yeah. the black and the wires exposed mm. and all that um yeah. but uh but uh, yeah so peter uh, ends up capturing both of them and then um you know there there's a brief little fight with uh with um with electro and so peter has to uh, has to repair the power lines which i think is you know honestly that's that's a pretty logical step you know yes mm-hmm. they would probably find the webs and blame and blame peter for it and then he would probably mm-hmm. be in even more trouble so you know at least they have him you know they have him thinking uh thinking logically uh on, on as most teenagers are not want to do uh as a teenager kidding um but uh, yeah, and so then uh, he gets a call from May in the morning that Norman Osborn, uh, yeah. that, that she's found Nor- Norman Osborn, and which I think you know honestly Peter's reaction is pretty legit. I would I would I would freak the hell out too. Yeah. Um, especially because you know there's only one guy left, and it's argu- arguably the the most dangerous one of all. The one with bombs. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that and, scene so much. I love when they're yeah. like talking, and you just see in the background him like <laughs> stealing the. <laughs> so good just like yeah but no that whole i i do really love that whole exchange and and i do think it is such you don't i do feel that for example you see may do so much more in this than she's done in the previous movies and she really takes on that mentor role you really do get to know her as 
May, like as May that we've seen in other iterations. Um, not just the, you know, the hot one who's dating happy and like, you know, shows up here and there. Um, she actually takes on this mentor role and really shows why Peter has become and is the way he is, the way he wants to help people. And like, it comes from May, who ultimately her whole role is to help people even when it's, when they're lost. And I think it's so powerful. There's especially a line reading she does when she first goes up to him where she goes, you know, she, he's lost and I don't just mean like yeah. he, like in his mind as well and I'm just like oh Marisa Tomei hello <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> yeah I, I really love that scene as a little moment for her as well absolutely absolutely yeah and 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 you know we'll um we'll talk m- more about May's arc a little bit later when mm. uh yeah I've, I've I've tread this ground already but um yeah. Yeah, and so then uh, Peter brings Osborn back to uh, back to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, and then uh, Doctor Strange starts preparing a spell to send the villains back to their own universes, and then uh, and then Peter uh, argues that they should cure uh, the villains' powers, which which uh, which might help them. And I guess is is his logic that curing them of their powers will prevent their deaths? Because mm-hmm. I mean theoretically you know i don't fully understand how you know norman osborne was pulled out of the universe right before his death unless it's a you know a slightly different universe than the one from from 2002 spider-man because you know he got he got uh impaled on his own on his own glider um and just but you know I think they like were all taken out at moments in the middle of fights and i think what he's maybe right. assuming is that the other spider-man are like him in terms of their wants, needs, mm-hmm. motivations. And so, you know, I think he also notices that their powers might be influencing, like obviously with Norman Osborn significantly influencing their actions. So if they get cured, obviously Norman Osborn isn't going to try and kill Peter. He's not going to then fling the glider at him and then he's not going to get impaled because he'll come back and he'll be like, I've been cured. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then Pete, like the Peter Parker theoretically would be like, oh, okay, cool. We're good. And same, you know, I feel all of them try to help the villains before they ultimately end up dead. And so mm-hmm. I think the theory is like, well, the Spider-Man in other universes are probably like me. So I, if, if I was in the middle of a fight and someone turned suddenly turned good, I would probably stop fighting them. Um, and so I think that's the, the idea behind it essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 does make a a bit more sense. You know, I was I was I had it in my head that they were pulled out. You know, in the instant before their deaths, yeah. which which you, you know creates a few holes here and there. But yeah. then again, I'm nitpicking. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then Strange uh, puts the spell. Uh, it's a spell in a box, and yeah. then Peter steals the box in uh, and um you know there's a little game of cat and mouse here in which i it w- was my favorite visual sequence of the movie uh the mm. fight in the mirror dimension yes. oh my um, goodness that so was good. so good that's where marvel's visual <laughs> effects budget went this year it was exactly oh my gosh i honestly was watching that and i'm just like that is some of the most amazing visual effects i've yeah. ever seen and they you know they take took what we saw in Doctor Strange and what I'm sure we're going to see in Multiverse of Madness. Like, I'm sure this is the in-between of the two. And, you know, the the cool bits and, and the, you know, the train going up and, mm. oh, I was just like, can I have more of this? <laughs> you know, it was so good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of an influence John Watts has on those super special effects heavy sequences, mm. but I feel like he's surprisingly good at them because Far From Home also has one 
similar, like mm-hmm. the the Mysterio induced mm. hallucination sequence yeah. that Peter goes through. It's it's very similar oh, in that yeah. the the world changes and and different settings blend into one another in yeah. a really cool way. Like those I'm two scenes are really good. Yeah, I'm excited that he's going to be the director of the Fantastic Four movie because they're going to have mm-hmm. some intense visual effects scenes. So it'll yeah, be like absolutely. really cool to see his eye on that. And clearly, he knows how to work that. I think the tonality of Fantastic Four is quite similar to the tonality of Spider-Man. So, um, yeah, I'll be excited for that. But no, I do yeah. think that that scene alone, I think, w- would kind of warrant a, a best like v- best picture or best visual effects nomination. Um, I would love if a Marvel movie won this year because I think between it, I know Eternals has a lot of problems, but the visual effects and the visual effects, obviously in Shang-Chi, like that is some amazing stuff going on in all yeah. three. And I would just love for Marvel to finally get one especially because they didn't get one in infinity war which is oh right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah and, and and just you know a mark of you know wh- whether you know visual effects are are noticeable or not i mean obviously we know that that's not real mm. we know that you know this isn't really happening but the fact that it's super difficult to tell what's real and what's fake you know benedict cumberbatch and tom holland blend in so well these real people blend in so well to the cg environment and all the crazy stuff that's happening around them Mm. and it's just remarkable you know i mean even you know the visual the visual effects in iron man the 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 first iron man were also just absolutely fantastic and it was really difficult to tell what wasn't real there you know him flying through the sky it was like it was all cg and it still looks fantastic um you know, and, 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 but even now, you know, I don't think they could have pulled this off back then. A, they no. didn't have the budget for it. And B, it, it wouldn't, obviously wouldn't have worked for the story. And so the fact that, you know, they have, they have come to this and then I'm sure Multiverse of Madness is going to be even more insane, especially if the trailer is any education, uh, indication, which we'll get to. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, this, this, this sequence was my visual high point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I just uh, love the moment. Yeah, when he when he's like, you, you know, what's well, cooler you, you, than magic? Exactly. Math. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna say, Foster. I thought of you, the math major. <laughs> yeah, I'm a math major. Rowan knows this. In within a couple months, I'm gonna be a, a full time math teacher. So that, oh. I was so happy. That is my favorite line of the movie. <laughs> is it accurate? Is what he's talking about? Does it make sense to a person who knows math? Um, I don't think it does. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. What, I like how we all just go along. Yeah. Yeah. Square the radius plot the points on the sure whatever <laughs> what is he doing i don't know they, a lot of the marvel movies have this too like i think when uh, uh robert downey jr d- discovers time travel or whatever in yeah. Endgame, game he's like take the take the eigenvalue of the morbius strip and yeah like, what yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess sure why not <laughs> um sci-fi yeah, but, yeah but it's like just... it's sci-fi babble yeah, it's fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you want to see like all the all the heroes come through the portals at the end? Just go along with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but like, even even on a on like a serious level, that kind of thing makes such a huge difference. I think with young kids, like I I guarantee you, there will be some kids in the theater who see that, hear that line, and like take take math more seriously, or maybe even decide to pursue it as a career. And I think that's one of the cool things about Peter Parker in general is he's a nerd. Like a, he's like a science and a math nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm so sure that there are people maybe i'm one of them i don't know i have never made that connection until now but uh who have been (laughs) like inspired by these characters on the screen to pursue some some cool fields Mm. so love that uh even if it doesn't (laughs) completely make sense what he's doing but right 
you know, there's there's an element of, of a suspension of disbelief here that, you know, I, I, I think we're all or or at least most of us are, are pretty, you know, like, we'll just go along for the ride. They can spew all the sci fi bullshit they want. But and and, and like we're, we're going to go along with it. You know, there is mm. there is there is mm-hmm. not really nothing they can do or say that, you know, it's a Marvel movie. It's a superhero movie. Those two things on top of each other. I, I will go along with anything they say in the future. Um, and, and, you know, as long as it sounds vaguely like math, it could be math. And, like, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure, you, you know, what he says, obviously they're math concepts. They might not make sense in practice, but, you know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know. I have not taken a math class in a while. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and so he ends up beating Doctor Strange, which, you know, I mean, it may be if Doctor Strange were the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, he, he could have beaten Peter. But uh, Well, you know. I also think that Doctor Strange was probably not going as full as he could have been. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. if he really wanted to, he could have killed him. But I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. he's like, uh, this, kid, this is a kid, I'm gonna, you know, try and like, contain him and then he did end up getting outsmarted so like he still won the like fight he used the weakness against him but i do love when he pops out of that thing and he's like i just i I just totally fought dr strange and won i was like i would be that excited too because like (laughs) arguably the two most powerful characters right now in the marvel universe are dr strange and wanda so Mm -hmm. that's a pretty big thing (laughs) especially in the mirror dimension where he has all the power yeah right yeah it's the mirror dimension where he's in control yeah (laughs) I also like right before the mirror dimension when he does the the punch. I'm blanking oh, on what that yeah. thing is called. The, uh, astral, the astral projection. Astral yeah. the, he has the Spidey sense, like yeah. the old timey comic yeah. Spidey sense yeah. around him. I thought that was a fun little a little nod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you, you know he he keeps <laughs> moving out of the way, and Strange is like, "How how are you doing that?" He's like, I don't know, uh, but it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, he's, and he swims back and yeah. does the breast. Stroke. That was the coolest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me, but don't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also can believe Dr. Strange being like, what is happening right now? Like he's totally being thrown off because this kid doesn't work off normal like physics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, no, that was a really cool moment. And then I love when he's like, well, he's captured, but I don't know for how long. And I took his ring. And I love when he like takes it and he's just like, ow. <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah. um so after the mirror dimension fight uh he uh, peter takes all of the villains to happy's uh apartment which you know it was it it was great happy calling peter saying yeah peter i saw the footage uh who are those guys is that a cyborg did you bring a cyborg into my apartment and then when the guy's made of mud what's going on here And then when he opens the fabricator and it just goes into the wall and it just like, right. and then Doc Ock's like, he's going to kill us. <laughs> it just, oh, it's so good. I just love John, those little moments. Yeah. John Favreau might not get a lot to do in this movie, but like he, I've never seen him, you know, phone it in, whether as a, as an actor or, or a director, I, he, he's yeah. always been fantastic. Um, and you know, like despite you know the the whole Iron Man thing being relatively put to bed in the MCU, I th- I, I would like to see Happy more. I, I I don't think we're gonna see Pepper a lot more, but you know, Happy, you know, Morgan Stark growing up, you never mm. know what what might happen. Um, but yeah, and so basically, you know, Peter starts to work on cures for these villains, um, and 
so he the first person he cures is uh is doc ock and you know we we get you know we get the real Otto octavius here that we haven't seen since the beginning of uh, of, of of spider-man 2 which you know it's such a testament to alfred molina's performance the like same same with willem dafoe the switch from character to character you know they are they are the same person but they're so they are so so different and Mm. both actors play it perfectly um obviously we get to see this more in dafoe but yeah. Oh yeah, they're so good. And I will say, did either of you get psyched out by the that there's that Spidey sense moment before he realizes that Green Goblin's actually been bad this whole time? Um, when he it's like he's freaking out and he's like trying to figure out what it is. Uh, did you think? I thought for a moment that was going to be the Toby Andrew reveal. I was like, oh, oh. Mm, right. and then and then it wasn't. I was like, ah, oh, they knew. I feel like they knew what they were doing because that was a very yeah. that's more focused than we've ever had on Spidey sense. And I'm right. like, clearly he's freaking out because he's sensing something like real intense that you would if you came across your own copy but i guess not instead it was yeah that was i i do like that moment though because i feel like maybe that was him finally giving into the tingle if you will finally Mm -hmm. like understanding Mm -hmm. what this spider sense is because he's only been he's been developing over the last few movies but he hasn't quite gotten it yet and so this is his like harnessing of it when he closes his eyes and he's like Oh, it's such a cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the way the camera keeps his head framed in the same position, no yeah. matter, no matter where he's moved. I'm doing a motion for the people who can't actually see me, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, you could tell John Watts was like trying to bring his a game with this, with, mm. with, especially with the spider sense scenes I thought were all really cool. Mm. Um, absolutely. Yes. And so he's trying to trying to cure Electro with the mm-hmm. electricity thing mm-hmm. that's going to spin green and absorb the electricity. Yeah, yeah. Going, <laughs> going, guess. going very, very slowly, you know, compared yeah, yeah, yeah. to compared to the end when it goes very, very fast. Yeah. Um, well, I, pre- I, pre- I feel like he <laughs> yeah. was like, why did I make it? I should probably just up the speed on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I do love the bit where he's like, not all the electricity in your body, because, you know, you need electricity in your body. <laughs> and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Electro's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's so good. Can I ask you a question? These are Legos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that was good. I did yeah. like those moments. And then, yeah, you have the switch of Willem Dafoe actually mm-hmm. revealing mm-hmm. this whole time that he's been in control, like the bad version's been in control. Right. And then, yes. I, then I think maybe one of, again, I could say so many parts are, but one of my favorite moments of the entire film where it's the fight between them and like, you forget yeah. the green part of Green Goblin's thing is strength. Like you just you forget, mm-hmm. especially I feel like mm-hmm. in uh, after he becomes Green Goblin fully in the other movies because he's got the you know the glider and the bombs and all of that. But then it's like, oh wait, no, he's got like a super strength, and you feel oh my gosh, the what he does. And then when um when Peter's on him and he's like punching him and he's just laughing, that was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> was oh yes yes yes, Amazing. so good. Yeah. He's so good. Oh he's so good. Oh, I think and his, the... his eyes yeah insane. <laughs> the most chilling. part part to me was right after peter webs him and 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 and, you know and you know may ask norman and then he goes norman's on sabbatical just yeah the shift in his voice honey (laughs) yeah the the shift in his face the shift in his eyes was it, it was absolutely amazing and like you know that i think he his i i think you guys are 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 bringing me around to the fact that his is the best performance in the movie Mm. um you oh, know, he's just you know, I mean, on another level. Like, so honestly, just yeah. on another yeah. level. Who of can like, do this mm-hmm. uh, other than him? Oh, I just think 
if MCU has ever, Marvel in general, if they've ever gotten stuff right, it's the casting. Like, they are so good at casting. The casting department requires mm-hmm. its own award. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, he's just, he's so good. And then when you see May, you know, go to get the, I have to say, she gets the thing and then she ru- she gets the cure and she runs out and she starts taking the lift. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you, t- <laughs> like, or the elevator, I should say. Sorry, in Australia, we call it lift. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she starts taking the elevator and I'm just like, come on, clearly explosions equals do not take elevator. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah there were some good moments in the fight too i love when they're moving from mm. floor to floor like mm-hmm. yeah uh, like normal lift spider-man up and plowing yeah. through the ground like, like three to floors. the next floor yeah yeah and there's that the moment where peter's got his legs around norman and he's doing the thing that black widow does yeah. in um i think is it uh is it Civil War? C- when he's, Civil yeah, War, when he's yeah. Trying, when she's like With trying Bucky. to punch yeah. down Bucky. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if she taught him that move, mm-hmm. you know? That <laughs> yeah. was like a very intense callback. But yeah, and then, oh, that was such a cool moment. And just the fighting in general where Spider-Man's like whole, like I feel like he was also kind of taken aback by, I was trying to help these people and I think that I've just made a massive mistake again, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which, which you know, it it it's a, it's a, it's a mistake with the best of like with the best of intentions and it it, it's it's it really fits in well with his character you know because he you know he he is charitable to a fault he really wants to do whatever he can to help these people he is thinking you know throughout this whole movie he's thinking he's always thinking of others before himself and i think you know that's where when we meet him in, in 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 homecoming you know very very few people i think uh yeah like two two people you know tony and happy really know that he's spider-man mm. so he doesn't really have anyone to talk to about that until ned finds out and he's really on his own so we don't really get these him trying to um him you know sort of t- expounding on 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 his feelings and what he wants to do and now that all of these people know he he can say you know i i want to do this i i want to do that instead of just having the internal monologue that we don't see or or or, or hear um and uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 I just think that it's a great conclusion for for his arc, and especially now at the end, you know, when he is no longer, you know, he he he's no longer, you know, he is still Peter Parker, but for all intents and purposes, he is no longer Peter Parker. Um, mm. And and so the question is, is he going to hold on to these ideologies? I think he will, but maybe things will be different now because he is going to have to change who who he is, whether whether he likes it or not. But um, but yeah, well, anyway, I am getting a big way, theme way of this entire. Yeah, I think a big theme of this entire trilogy has been like you keep and they say it, they explicitly say it a couple of times in this movie, you know, you can't you try and live two lives. You have to pick one. Like if you look at all the Marvel heroes that do have their identities revealed, like their entire lives are their hero work. Like Doctor Strange, Iron Man, uh, Captain America. People know that they're Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, uh, Doctor Strange, but um like they they're not having a, a second life you know they they've given up that part they've given in fully while peter's still trying to have his human everyday going to college living a normal life while also being part of all the big superhero moments and eventually that's gonna hit a wall and this is what we're watching we're watching him you know suffer the consequences of his actions um and even you know it's all about like even the best intentions it's not always going to work out but I think what this movie kind kind of comes to at the point and where Peter ends, it's like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out. You always still have to try. 
And I think that's the mm. big moment he has to struggle with, with, which is when, you know, the big May moment, which I feel like maybe we've come to now, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. he's literally about to give up, he's like, what if I screw this? You know, they should, I should have just let them die. What am I doing? And then May's like, like in her literal last breaths, takes yeah. the time to do the big line, which I don't know about you guys, but my, <laughs> my cinema freaked out opening night when yep. she started doing like, you have yeah. you have great power, yeah. great power. Everyone was like, they're doing it because I don't think yeah. anybody <laughs> saw the any. I don't think everyone saw that because they kind of did like a version in it in, in the very first movie, you know, or in the first time we see him in Civil War, where he's like, if you have the ability to do things and you don't do yeah. things and bad things happen, it's your fault. So everyone's like, ah, okay, that's the great power, great responsibility line. But then she's literally like, with great power comes great responsibility, and. I don't know. That is actually, I feel like the most effective reading that line has had in like film, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, because he actually understands it now. It's not just the beginning where it's like uncle Ben's died. Oh, great power, great responsibility. It's like, you have to understand. Yes, it is your responsibility. It doesn't matter if it screws up. You have to always try to do the right thing because it's like unfortunately you've been given this power she literally says you've been given this gift and I just think it hits so much harder because of that and it's I actually felt the line this time like normally I'm Mm -hmm. like oh yeah cliche and you know I've also heard some people say like oh he's already heard this a few times why does it need to be repeated to him and I think it's similar to us like what I've just been saying I've heard the line before but it's never really hit me before and I feel like this is finally hitting him and it's just such a great moment like yeah yeah, I think what's interesting is in like in the in the Raimi one, that's the 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 with great power comes great responsibility line is the the start of Peter Parker's journey as Spider-Man. And it's something that he keeps with him for the next few movies. But this, this time around, Aunt May saying the line, it's the culmination of the whole mm. trilogy, in a sense. It's like we've been building to this where like like Spider-Man wasn't really Spider-Man yet. Mm. until this movie because you know he's making so many mistakes he has tony stark's tech behind him you know uh yeah but the, the moment she starts to say the line my heart just dropped i was like oh no they're killing Aunt May, and, <laughs> yeah. and i know what's happening now <laughs> oh yeah i was like when she got up and she's like i'm fine oh. i'm like internal bleeding she's got so and then it turns out it was just external yeah. bleeding <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> that was i have to say i didn't cry the first time i saw it because i think i was overwhelmed by everything that was happening in the movie and i was just trying to take it in but the second time the like Peter being like, it's okay. It's okay, May. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. He's so good. He's so good. Just, and then when it's like, he's just looking and then happy drives up and he sees him and then he looks and you just see happy, like realize. And you're just like, Oh, gee, I just, it's it's so emotional (laughs) and it's so well done. Like the slow-mo and the quiet that happens. And it's just, yeah. Oh, just I, they could not have done it better i'm really really sad yeah, yeah. she's dead but they could not have done it better <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's uh it's in in my opinion one of one of the one of the most well done scenes in the film mm-hmm. because it, it 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 hits everything as as you guys were mentioning it hits the emotion it hits the great dialogue the great delivery the great performances the great everything um, and you, you know, this is what you know. I mean, the scenes with Uncle Ben in the in the Amazing Spider-Man and Sam Raimi's first one—they're good and they convey what they need to convey. But here, you know, 
her line has extreme significance with the story that is being told in in this movie mm-hmm. and as you guys mentioned you know peter understands here this is you, you know this is what he is trying to do now and so those words instead of speaking to him when he becomes a hero those words can speak to him right now at this point and will continue to affect him as he continues to do um as he continues to do hero work it's what he needed to hear um especially those being her 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 last words you know that's um yeah it's you know i i think this will go down in history as the best depiction at least so far of this of 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 this you know especially since this first trilogy was just his, his origin story i think this is going to be the best quote unquote spider-man origin story at least in my personal yeah. um opinion um but yeah, and so, you know, this great emotional gut punch was followed by uh, the most uh, crowd-pleasing scene in the film, uh, <laughs> you know, with um, Ned uh, is sort of, is has Doctor Strange's sling ring, and he, wa- and, he and MJ want to find Peter. And so, you know, obviously the, the natural, you know, next step would be, you know, show me Peter Parker. And we do get Peter Parker. However, it is not our Peter Parker. Uh, first to come through is Andrew Garfield. I remember the, my, my theater before, like before he even opened the portal, when he said, show me Peter Parker, everyone knew what was going to happen. And they started screaming, screaming. And then when, and then when he pops up and we see the suit, everyone went batshit crazy and it was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I also think it's really interesting how they're both introduced uh you know andrew's introduced in the spider-man like full spider-man get and then toby's introduced in normal clothes and i think that's a really yeah yeah a cool youth pastor outfit (laughs) and i think that's very deliberate because often what i've you know found as i discuss this with other people is that people tend to find that andrew garfield as spider-man was really good but he maybe lacked a little bit as peter parker while toby Maguire as peter parker was really good and he lacked a little bit as spider-man and so it's like and then and this is almost like the culmination of like this is the best version of peter parker this is the best version of spider-man and now tom holland is the best version of both and it's like using that i think as a little nod to that perhaps i personally like when andrew garfield came through and then you have the the mask reveal oh, so such a cool so moment good. where he's like hello <laughs> and he's just and he's like no no no, no <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm peter parker i'm peter parker you know like Oh, it's such a cool moment. And that whole interaction between Zendaya and Ned and, you know, or MJ, Ned and, and him. And she's just like, prove it. <laughs> like, you would. Because I'm sure there's plenty of <laughs> yeah, people yeah. that have a Spider-Man suit, you know, as a costume. And she's like, no, no. Right. Prove right. it. Yeah. Throwing throwing the, uh, the, bread. the bread at him. <laughs> and she's like, I was checking yeah. if you have the tingle. He's like, I, I have the tingle, just not for bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and, and she's um, like, you're, you're a deeply distrusting person, and I respect that, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, and then when he's like, he does the thing, and she's like, that's not enough, crawl around, and he's like, I'm not going to crawl around, and she's like, crawl around, <laughs> and, then, and then I love Ned's mom being like, can you just get rid of the cobwebs in the ceiling, and he just does that, like, it's just such a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, thank you, such a great she's moment. so, she's so unfazed, even when, <laughs> when, even when Toby shows up, she's like, I'm going to bed, she has no time for this stuff, <laughs> but I love when he, she first shows yeah. up and they do their little like spider-man flips and yeah. she's like well you've just mm-hmm. can you clean up your webs and yeah. i love how andrew garfield immediately is like yep okay and you can see him like yes, go yeah, and like yeah, pick sorry, up the sorry. little things yeah yeah 
I thought they were yeah, really I, I, immediate <laughs> character moments where Tobey Maguire is like more, you know, suave by this point because he's been Spider-Man for a while while Andrew Garfield's still kind of the like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry kind of guy. <laughs> I love the little wave Tobey Maguire shares with, with Ned's Nana, you know, like, oh, hey. yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, from from the get go of of Peter, uh, of, I almost said Peter Maguire, um, <laughs> Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, they're like the, the the interactions they have with each other, the interactions they have with Ned and MJ are just so great, and the writing in the scenes with with them, and and especially when when Tom Holland comes in the mix, are just is just off the charts great because it recaps what people would need to know who haven't seen their movies while yeah. also having these fun mm-hmm. little in jokes yeah. for people who have and just and 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 just giving the giving the audience just so much to just, just so much to have fun with and i just loved it so much there's a reason that these were the scenes that i chose to uh these were the scenes that i chose to stop in on during during work today yeah um, i just yeah. i love what, what yeah. it- oh go, go ahead foster Oh, sorry. No, I, just a funny note. In the the second time I saw this movie, the person sitting to my left left to go to the bathroom <gasps> right before the, no. the Andrew Garfield Tobey Maguire entrance and did not come back until after they were both already through the portal. And then I heard her sit next to her boyfriend or whoever she was with. She's like, I just missed the best scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. She can go see it again. Bad. She can go see it again. I know. I feel like maybe I should have stopped her from going to the bathroom. I don't know, but like you, <laughs> you really did miss the yeah. the key moment here. But I, I do love when Sorry, they do. Ahead. No, I was just going to say when they do go and actually find uh, Tom Holland, uh, Peter Parker. And, you know, there's again, there's that moment I really loved with the hug where they understand what's happened and it's really touching. And then you see them j- jump down from the top of that turret and you're just like, oh, it's so exciting. But then I just love <laughs> yeah. when he gets up and he's like, you you do not understand what I've been through. And obviously these people who know the it's like, no, no, they understand. <laughs> they very <laughs> much do. They very much understand. But I really love that they've brought them in at their like current ages where it's like obviously Toby Maguire has we mm-hmm. he's passed when we've seen him. And so is Andrew Garfield. And we kind of get an insight into what their lives are like. Like Toby Maguire's been Spider-Man for a while. He's, you know, probably married MJ. He's, you know, been living his life. And then Andrew Garfield. In, I, when we last see him in Amazing Spider-Man, it does seem like maybe he has gotten over the Gwen thing, maybe even a bit too quickly, but then clearly he hasn't actually. And, you know, when he's like, I start, I stop pulling my punches and you're just like, oh, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he, he gave into the bitterness and it's kind of those two levels of more like solid, balanced Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And then one who completely gave into his Spider-Man um, and then kind of, mentoring him across that and then that moment where he's like and the last words she said was with great power is like with great power comes great responsibility and i was just like oh <laughs> look at them yeah, vibing. Yeah. and that's i think the moment yeah. of him being like okay i can trust them clearly they have been through what i've been through <laughs> like, right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you know they're both great in their in their solo movies i honestly think Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are the best that they have been as Spider-Man in mm, this movie. Even I though we agree. see them for a, a, a relatively short time, I think, you know, there is enough distance between their movies and this one, more so for Toby, but also for for Andrew, that they 
um, they have they have played the character. They played the character for for a bit, and now coming coming back to the character, they are bringing with it their real their real life experience. You know, Tobey Maguire hasn't done a ton of acting in the last ten mm. years, and and him just 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 coming back, returning to a character that he played. Um, that he played like almost 20 years ago is 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 so seamless and he's he's even better here um and 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 i just think it's a testament a to the timelessness of the character of 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 peter parker and b just how each actor um does their own brilliant interpretation of the character that works you know and 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 it it works as this movie shows even better with time Mm -hmm. um so yeah, and I love that, no. you know, it's like, do you have your costume? And he does the little, you know, showing the reveal, right. which yes. is, I didn't yeah. even think about the fact that oh, the other two don't really do that. They change into mm-hmm. their costume. Like, they don't have it underneath him, but he always had it mm. underneath. Like, that is a little nod where I was like, oh, yeah, why? Well, I guess Tom Holland has, like, fancy robot suits, but, like, Andrew right. Garfield would have to switch yeah. in and out. And, um, yeah, like, that was a cool moment. And then, oh, the, just the, sci- like, our own mini science bros moment between them three <laughs> when they're deciding how they're going to cure. And it's like, but also I like how they're mm-hmm. kind of different versions of scientific um like mm-hmm. their scientific knowledge where peter the tom holland i was about to say peter parker where the tom holland version <laughs> is much more like into computers and like physics and that sort of thing while the other two are more like lab and like traditional sort of science um like biological science and it's it's really interesting watching that kind of interact as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. One, one other thing i think we we skipped over briefly is there's a quick little like 30 seconds bit after i don't remember where it is in the timeline <laughs> after aunt may dies where uh tom holland i was also going to say peter parker yeah. but now we've got to be careful <laughs> uh or where tom holland is standing oh, in front of the billboard watching jk simmons mm. yeah yeah i always go with the actors yeah. <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter you know what i mean yeah um i th- i that visual of mm. of the camera slow panning around Tom Holland's face and the ref- the neon light reflection. That's my favorite image of the movie. I think mm. I just, Beautiful. I just yeah. like the way that's lit um, and the, the rain dropping slowly. And then I think the emotion of, of the scene really hits home too. So yeah. like even like you were mentioning uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and, and you mentioned this Alice at the beginning of the podcast too. It retroactively makes yeah. in particular the Mark Webb movies better and the, the impact of Gwen's death too, um, which is pretty crazy. But on top of that, it is also giving us a really satisfying emotional arc for Tom Holland's Peter, which is crazy. And which I think is the best thing about this movie overall is that it's juggling 800 different things. Yeah. And it's still telling a really cohesive story through it all. Yeah. You're still um, watching yes. Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think that is. And I mean, they had that in the trailer, I think, because it is such a great shot, you know, like of yeah. the, the with the water running down his face and everything like, oh. And then I think that just right there is like, oh, that is a broken person. Like he yeah. needs to be fixed. <laughs> yeah. And I think it is, it does put him in a place where it's like, it's kind of lucky that we have these Peter Parkers c- coming in because he would have definitely, and he still almost does go down the revenge route, which is like, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we mentioned before, obviously the the weight of um, with great power comes great responsibilities felt here, but I still don't think he fully takes it in. And I think he needs help to take it in and and overcome his own emotions and take on the actual responsibility that comes with this power. And so, you know, and that kind of is as we get into that final act of, of action and, and um, event. 
Mm-hmm. And we we haven't talked about the little J.K. Simmons snippets that are yeah. sort of mm-hmm. have been happening. I love the progression the of him too, where he starts off in like a dingy basement a, and then a, a tiny studio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he like actually has like a whole thing by the end. But um, I do like right. that he's actually. I wonder if if Peter Parker becomes a photographer next time we see him. Like he works mm-hmm. for the Daily Bugle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you. I mean, logistically, that is something that could very, very well happen. You know, no one knows who Peter is anymore. Um, and I, mm-hmm. you know, any excuse to keep J.K. Simmons in in these movies, I am all for. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think the humor quite reaches the highs of the Raimi ones because there's some yeah. amazing lines in yeah. there, um, <laughs> and he's a little, a little less, a little less humorous in this. He's just kind of like a, a grump. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there are some r- really funny uh, little. Um, what do you call it at the bottom of the news? Oh, like the, station, yeah, you know this, this, is, it's like, like not a sticker reel. Breaking. Like, yeah. Does yeah. Spider-Man hate national monuments you yeah. know, or something like that? <laughs> the ticker reel. Yeah. 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 The ticker tape. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, that is yeah. good. Okay. But I do also like that it is kind of also, yeah, a little origin story for the daily bugle so that maybe we probably sure. will get more J Jonah Jameson in the next mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and and to uh, as as a little side note, um, while while we're talking about the little uh, news tickers at at the bottom, at one of the news montages at the beginning, there was um a a, a thing that I noticed the first time and then clocked the second time was um. A uh, uh, arrest warrant issued for uh, for checks night monkey, which I think was a great little reference to the last yeah. one because like that that happened just a couple days ago in the timeline yeah. or like a couple weeks. So I, I I love that they're like establishing you know that like there are still some things that the people of the world are probably very confused about that we know exactly what happened, but they don't. Um, so uh, yeah, but now uh, we are at um, you know the uh, the three Spider Men. Uh, teaming up, uh, figuring out cures. They are about to go cure some ass. Yeah, uh, yes. go- <laughs> yeah, cure. We're gonna go cure some ass. Yeah, cure, cure that ass. Yeah, yeah, that was excellent. Ned is so good. He's so so, funny. so so good. Yeah, I, I I really hope they they figure out a way to keep him and MJ in this trilogy. Oh, and and you know, Alice, am... this goes back to what you were mentioning about yeah. like the uh, a potential reversal, at least for like at least temporarily for these two people, maybe. Um, I totally see that it almost being come kind of retcon in the next movie, like first 10 minutes taken care of or, or in one of the movies in between, mm. like it just, you can't really not have anyone, especially now that you've introduced that Ned has powers, like you need to bring them in somehow, you know? And I will say like, I know we'll get to it more, but I was, as soon as it's like, make sure you find me, make sure you tell me. I'm like, he's not going to tell him. He's going to be yeah. like, they're better off without me. And I was like, yes, it makes sense <laughs> yeah. within the story, but I'm really disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, so they develop uh, cures for, uh, for the villains and they lure them to the Statue of Liberty, which now mm-hmm. is outfitted with Captain America's shield, which is an interesting choice. Uh, is this something that could ever happen in real life? I, I mean, honestly, maybe. Who yeah, knows? I feel like if we Who had knows? superheroes, probably, like if they actually existed, right. but I do like how they do get rid of it by the end. It's like, no, nah, that's yeah. stupid. Nobody <laughs> likes it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right um and so uh so then before the battle we get my my personal favorite scene of the movie in which the three peters just bounce off of each other for a good like five minutes and this is where like like, this is what i was talking about just the great writing you know sort of using what was established about these characters like them you know you know uh holland and mcguire talking about oh yeah yeah, i've i fought aliens and mcguire and and, and garfield (laughs) being like i i i want to fight an alien yeah it's like Um, i've only fought a guy in a rhino suit you know and he's like 
Hang yeah, on, yeah. can we no. walk it back to this self-talk? Here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, are, yeah, yeah. you are amazing. Yeah, he's like, no, thank you. I needed to hear that. Yeah, I love that moment yeah. so much where it's like, and, and I like how it's like a little nod because his is the amazing Spider-Man movie. Of course. Like, you yeah. are amazing. You are yeah, amazing. Yeah. But I just love how, especially, you know, the like middle, he's like, I've got a middle back thing, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's like, yeah. of course. That's, I, that's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw something online a couple days ago that um that said you, you know Andrew Garfield's Spider Man is really good at cracking backs and it showed a clip of that and 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 Gwen falling in in yeah. Amazing Spider Man. Oh, <laughs> just... But I just love how at the beginning of this fight, you know, they start and obviously yeah, they've never worked together and like they accidentally web each other. Well, I mean, like Tom Holland is. I keep going to say Spider Man and Peter Parker, and then I yeah. to be more specific. Tom Holland. We got to specify is now. Peter One, yeah. Um, Tom Holland is knows what it's like to work in a team but they've never worked in a team before ever like of course they're not going to think about other moves they're just going to do their own thing Mm -hmm. and there's you know and then they have to get back together and be like okay we need to work as a team and then they do establish that i just love when he's like okay i didn't want to brag but i was in the avengers he's like that's great and then i love how andrew garfield's like is that a band were you in a band and he gets so excited like oh my god is one of us really cool like we're in a band (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that little moment of like, oh yeah, of course they don't know what the hell the Avengers are. Like yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. then and then oh, and then you get the moment where they run off and they jump and you hear them like <sighs> jump off and go like woohoo and then oh, like you have someone swing off someone else's yeah, web. Yeah, yeah. It was mm-hmm. oh, that gave me chills that moment where they finally yeah. are working as a team. It's and then the, the three of them land, you know, Garfield, Maguire, yeah. and then Holland in the in middle their own with his poses. New suit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That was and that was oh, that was like pure cinema, you know. <laughs> right yeah (laughs) Yeah. and uh and right right before they run off um garfield says uh, garfield grabs the both and says i love you guys and then Mm. they both look at him and go thank "Thank you you." thank you yeah yeah Yeah. i also love when when before they have to coordinate um they peter one peter two and then andrew garfield's like peter Peter three three. (laughs) (laughs) his delivery is so good yeah yeah, yeah. he just he just accepts the fact that he's the last one he's just like whatever man and and, (laughs) And Tobey Maguire's response when Tom Holland does the Avengers thing you said is so good. Yeah. The Avengers, that's great. What is that? <laughs> yeah, and then Andrew goes like, you in a band? Like, it's just so cool. And yeah. just, and he's like, wait, you don't, you guys don't have that? Okay. But it's, um, yeah, and then when yeah. they do finally work together and they start fighting all of them and you have, you know, the, the cures coming through, it's so good. And then you get the mm-hmm. little redeeming moment with Doc Ock, like, defeating Electro. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a really yeah. great scene. Like all of the, you know, we could probably mm. go over all the individual things that happen in that moment, <laughs> in that scene, but it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. and then when each of them have their own little moments with their specific villains is just mm-hmm. like, especially mm-hmm. the ones that, you know, you've got uh, Toby Maguire talking with Doc. I'm like, it's good to see you, Doc. You know, and you're just like, oh, yeah. they were, right, he yeah. was his mentor. It was, you know, and now yeah. they're, they're actually having a moment. And then with the Electro when he's just like, you know, you were from Queens. You always help people. Like, <laughs> I, I, th- I would have thought you were black. And he's like, oh, sorry. It's like, oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, and that's- that honestly is it is a it really makes the the character deeper and more interesting too. Because that's it. I don't know that again. It's retroactively making the the previous Spider-Man movies more interesting. I also love talking about Electro. Andrew Garfield is explaining to Tobey Maguire. He's like, yeah, Max was just the sweetest guy. Yeah. And he, 
fell into a vat of eels. Yeah, yeah. Like, that'll, that'll do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love that as well because, you, you, like, going back to the yeah, what you mentioned about previous movies, it's like it does also make sense because in the previous movie, Max is obsessed with Spider Man and he like wants to be his best friend, yeah. and it's like he probably also has an affinity because he assumes he's African American, and it's just like that just mm-hmm. makes it even more deep and even more tragic like and and like gosh darn if i didn't want to immediately come out and watch that movie and i'm like i have literally not wanted to watch this movie since it came out and now i want to watch it again like that's <laughs> yeah. what this movie has managed to do somehow yep yeah yeah um, then Doctor Strange comes in, I guess, yeah. through the portal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ned, uh, Ned, Ned yeah. brings Strange back in, and you know, honestly, I think Strange is gone for just the right amount of time mm. here, because you know, we, we get like like he is he is the crux of the opening. He is the he is the the reason why all of these people, why all of these villains are here. He's the reason why the plot happens, and but but then he gets taken out, and and he's gone for the weight of the story. He's gone for mm. the parts that matter for Peter. Uh, Tom Holland, the character. I guess all, all, all of the Peters, really. Yeah. And then we come back, and and Strange has, you know, he he comes in at just the right point for the 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 actual climax to happen. Um, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah, and when 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 Green Goblin or or when when Osborn shows up yeah. and puts the bomb into the oh. into the spell and it blows up, mm-hmm. I like I I felt that there. I was like. I, I was like, no, he probably did something. I have, I wanted to yell at the screen terribly <laughs> during yeah. that moment. Get the bomb! Get the bomb! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, you really do feel it. But then, then that leads to again one of a, one of the most powerful scenes of the film, where Peter takes down Green Goblin, or Tom Holland takes down Green Goblin, and it is a mm-hmm. vicious, vicious fight. Like when he body really slams good. in him oh and then yeah, the flip oh yeah exactly that bit and then obviously we have Chekhov's knife as I, as I like to call it when he like <laughs> has the play I'm like that's gonna stab I, I I actually as soon as I saw that I'm like that's going through Tobey Maguire I don't know why I just I was like yep. that is going through him and then the moment but then it's just such a powerful moment he's literally about to you know kill him and then Toby like stops him with the glider and they don't say anything and it's just so powerful that he's just like don't do it. You know, like I know where you are. Don't yeah. do it. Like if they'd actually put dialogue, it might've ruined it, but it was just so mm-hmm. good. And it's like, you then f- hear the, which I have to say very intelligent. Cause I'm sure that all the fans were like, Oh my God, did they just kill Toby Maguire Spider-Man? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. I do love how he's just like, oh, I've been stabbed before. <laughs> it's true. He has been stabbed yeah, yeah, yeah. there before. Yeah. Yeah, they. Yeah, the the moment you're talking about. Yeah. Sorry, Rowan. <laughs> the no, no, moment no, no, you're no, talking no. about with the uh, stopping the glider is so perfect because that's that's what he, uh, Toby Maguire spends his whole trilogy doing is yeah. is thinking about Uncle Ben and trying to get revenge, uh, whether it's the guy from the first movie whose name I can't remember or yeah. Sandman in the third one, and you you see in his eyes him telling to Tom Holland it's not going to be worth it. It will not make you feel any better. Yeah. So what's what's so good about this this movie for me is that it that it's not only an extension of the MCU, it's not only an extension of Tom Holland as Spider-Man and the perfect conclusion for him. It's also providing a great conclusion for Tobey Maguire and for Andrew Garfield, like a great thematic emotional conclusion. Mm. One one scene we missed is uh, Andrew Garfield catching MJ yes. after she falls. Oh yeah. my goodness. So good. 
And his, his reaction after he does it is ridiculous. He yeah. packs so much emotion into 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. Oh. I, I mean, I, it's yeah. amazing. They, it's like promi- providing thematic emotional payoffs for three different franchises yeah. all at once within the span of 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think we it's all crazy. saw that coming because it's in the trailer when she falls. And I think everyone was like, right. well, Andrew's yeah. going to catch her. We all know Andrew's going to catch her. It's like, yeah. I knew, and you know, you, but it's, it's such a great culmination because it's like, he's probably been thinking about this since Gwen. He's been like, I should have yes. done this. Why? Like he knows that the web, it caught her, but it, the whiplash. It, and so you can, it's so quick. It's such a quick thing for him where he's just, he knows exactly mm-hmm. what to do. He knows not to web her. He webs himself. He catches her. He protects her from the fall because he knows he can handle it and a normal person can't handle it. And it's just like, it's almost like he's been practicing it, practicing it so much in his head that when he finally does it, it's so second nature. And he, it, you can see the realization of like, I did it. I did it. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. could have done it. And then there's that moment of grief of like, I could have saved her. It did work. And you're just like, but it's also a redeeming moment as well. And you're right. It's just, there's so much going on in his head where you're like laughing, but then yeah. you're really sad and then you're really happy. And you're just like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my heart. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And he says to Zendaya, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, are you okay? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah. He, he's the, he's the one that's really going through something right now. But yeah. like what you're saying, it's making me think the movie does a great job at, uh, creating this idea in your head that they had a life in between Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield had a life in between Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and this movie. Yeah. Like you really feel like they're real people, not just quick fan service cameos that popped in for half a second. Yeah. But like you, you get the feeling that they're real people who've been alive for these past 10 years, even though you haven't seen them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> back to Goblin and yeah. Tom Holland. Uh, <laughs> And we think Tobey Maguire is about to die. Um, yeah. Someone else take it away from me. <laughs> yeah, but that's <laughs> the moment where I was like, oh, I can see Willem Dafoe being, gobl- uh, being Gollum in another life. Because that's when he, with the way that yeah. he's framed, like from the, you know, the lower angle or the higher angle, I should say. And it's just like from below and you just see him from the side and he's looking at him and it's like his eyes are almost bulging. And he's like, I did the blow, but you're the reason she's dead. And you're just like... He's so good. Oh my, like, geez. Yeah, it's just, it's so well done. And then you just hear the, like, you see Peter make the decision of, like, no, you're not going to get me. And then he, like, puts it, he catches the thing and he does get, in a way, he kind of gets a retribution of stabbing him with something, but it is, with, yeah, yeah. It is with the cure. And, you know, he does it probably more violently <laughs> yeah. than he needed to, but it's like, he got, he got that <laughs> moment and then he right. cures him and you just finally get that moment of you know because you didn't really you didn't even get that in the original Raimi movies like this is Norman Osborn finally being released finally coming beyond Mm -hmm. this sickness that he inflicted upon himself and it's just you see him be like uh, like in the moment of realization where he's like what have I done and he's just like Peter you know and he says that and he's just like (laughs) yeah oh you're just like this poor guy (laughs) like it's kind of your fault what a way to wake up (laughs) yeah yeah like knowing you've murdered this like lovely lady you're seeing three spider-men around (laughs) you one of them's on the floor stabbed yeah exactly (laughs) i I messed up this time (laughs) yeah exactly and it's just like oh and and actually really quickly going back quite a ways when he first goes on the glider after he's been revealed to be evil and he's like peter 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 and you know he's got the hood on like that moment yes. was so good oh, i so just remembered good. it now and it's just and then you see him come in yeah. now and then yeah so now that he's been cured and everything it's just such a like and it's really interesting in that there isn't really a villain 
in this movie. Like there's not, it's not like a Thanos piece, you know, it's like the one big guy they have to defeat. It's more like a bunch of small things they have to take care of in a way. Like Green Goblin's Mm -hmm. the main villain, but he's not really the villain. The villain's more the multiverse mistake. And it's like, it's just, oh, you really feel it. Even as an adult, you know, you feel it, I'm sure as a coming of age thing as well, growing up and, and kind of going through this. But even past that, you know, from that even Tobey Maguire perspective, you can say of being like, oh, I I know I would have done this too because you're not really thinking about how this can fully affect the world. You're just like, this ha- sucks. Let me have, let me fix it real quick. And then all the bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so we are almost at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, so Peter, uh, well, I guess all of the Peters uh, are you know the villains are 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 defeated they are cured uh, their asses have been cured uh, and so peter uh, uh tom holland goes up to doctor strange who is desperately trying to contain the rifts between universes um as you know as you know multiple you know people uh, are, are are just starting to come through and um and so then he comes up with the idea you know what if we erase me from existence what if peter mm-hmm. parker stops existing um, which, you know, it's, it's, I can, I can respect Peter for, you know, making the ultimate sacrifice here. He knows what he has to do. And I think he, he is no longer afraid to do it. Gr- like granted, you know, it's still going to be a lot, but he knows that it is, that it is the best and arguably, you know, easiest way to, to get around this. Um, and uh, so, and, 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 you know, he knows that it is going to mess up his life he knows that it's going to uh he knows that it's going to mess up you know mj's life he knows that it's going to mess up ned's life because they're going to forget their their best friend but he he chooses to do it anyway which i think is 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 a great you know ending for this character for this this trilogy he he is accepting that uh that that not everything can work out the way he wants it to well most things he is very good about you know balancing but now this superhero life and regular life thing uh is is not going to work anymore and he is making his peace with that here and um yeah and so yeah oh it's such a good moment too like you know when you do actually see the cracks i'm glad that we just see shimmers of characters but not like you Mm -hmm. see kind of scorpion you kind of see rhino but you don't really you kind of see see paul giamatti yeah yeah you kind (laughs) of see black cat and these characters is like maybe they'll come in in later times but um i do i have to say i really really want to mention the score of this moment the moment after Mm -hmm. he tells yes. you know, tells mj tells yeah. ned and he looks at them i remember being in the cinema being like that why is this score going so hard like it was so, <laughs> yeah. it was one of the best scores i've heard in the mcu it was so cinematic so powerful and when it builds it it's like all like and you're just like michael giacchino mm-hmm. really pulled out the big stops you know this theme Absolutely. that you've been hearing throughout the whole film and now it's just really culminating and you feel the emotional weight and i was the, honestly the second time i saw it the tears they were streaming because you really mm-hmm. feel this is the moment this is exactly what you were saying Rowan. you know this is the moment this is the moment mm-hmm. he decides he is making the decision to be a hero in what it means to be a hero which is completely beside himself he is losing it's worse than death because it's people will remember you after you die but no one will yeah. remember him and it's also and i think a way i think one of the big sort of things people have always been saying about this spider-man is that he's never really gotten a chance to be spider-man because he's always had so much support and tech and you know help 
now he's finally going to be the Spider-Man that we know, starting yeah. out literally in a crappy studio apartment in New York. And mm-hmm. the goodbye has all of that. You know, him saying goodbye to Ned, you really feel that. And then him saying goodbye to Zendaya is one of the most romantic, powerful moments of the MCU. Just, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you really feel that. You feel everything culminate. Yeah, the goodbye to the Spider-Man, I think, is pretty powerful, too, especially with the mm. hug. And then I love the moment because you see Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield kind of awkwardly hanging on yeah. each other a bit too long. And then Andrew Garfield is like, you're you're, you're <laughs> so in so much, much pain, pain, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes I am. Um, I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But the score throughout is pretty fun, too, because he incorporates some of the like the Danny mm. Elfman themes at a couple mm-hmm. moments from the Raimi movies. And then I... I on the credits, I can see that the James Horner one is credited from the first mm-hmm. Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, although yep. I don't really know that score that well. It's not that memorable to me. Uh, but then when Electro appears, they also use the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man too, like bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the <laughs> electronic uh, theme from there. So that's pretty fun. I also love his main Spider-Man theme that that Michael Giacchino uses. The yeah, that one's pretty great. Um, yes. Anyways, then this leads into uh, Peter seeing MJ in the coffee shop. Yes. Yep, right? yep. That's little, the next scene. Yep. Little, little time jump to uh, to, uh, to Christmas here. Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, it's been in, a few uh, weeks. Yeah. You know, and they use J.K. Simmons to be like, it's been a few weeks since the battle. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, if he was a real yeah. f- hero, Spider-Man would unmask himself. And it was just like, okay. Yeah, Spider-Man's cultist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, in this scene, I think Tom Holland is so good. He oh. like he his face is so expressive, goes through such a range of emotions in the span of like a minute or two. Like you can feel the the decisions happening in real time just based on the way he's reacting. But yeah, I thought that was a great emotionally impactful scene. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew it was gonna. I knew he was gonna let them go. Yeah. But I was, you know. Yeah. And then there's yeah. that moment where he almost does actually tell her, but then she has to put her hair behind her ear, doesn't she? <laughs> And you got the band aid <laughs> yeah. going, and he, you know, obviously makes a decision to just let them go, and it is so mm-hmm. heartbreaking. But yeah, the the subtlety—that's yeah. really where you can see, I feel, an actor's talent because big emotions is one thing, but the subtle is really difficult to pull off, and he does a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Also, throughout the whole movie, but even in this last scene, she's wearing the necklace Peter gave her yeah. from the end of the previous movie, the the Black Dahlia necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, which then uh, brings into question, like I guess the logic of the of the people forgetting Peter Parker's right. Spider Man thing, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, well, I imagine maybe Spider Man gave it to her after the Battle of um, sure. London. You know, like I would just imagine yeah. that where yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Parker was, Spider Man is now, unless it's a conversation that specifically is like about Peter Parker. So if it's like, no, they can't find out yeah. I'm P- Peter Parker, like that's just been wiped. But everything else, because you yeah. know, they even say at the beginning when Doctor Strange is doing the original spell, where he's like, "Wait, will she even be my girlfriend anymore?" And he's like, "That depends. Is she your girlfriend just because you're Spider Man?" And yeah. she's not. <laughs> you know, like yes, there's a big part of it, but I think that there's still actual feelings there. So maybe all the feelings she had for Peter Parker have just transferred over to Spider Man as the figure, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and you know, this is something that perhaps the next movie could could explore should they choose to bring back those characters which i think would be the best uh in in terms of story um you know i mean they could drop the ball and bring in gwen stacy um but who knows who really knows 
um yeah uh so that was uh yeah so until we get to the post credit scenes that is spider-man no way home uh it it is one of my favorite mcu movies i think i ranked it number five or six um at at, at this point where, where, where does it rank in your guys's lists uh, I was uh, like, we're not sure who's for me. Sorry, no, yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah. The, the, this is this is fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, uh, the top three or four for me, somewhere in there. There's there's a few that are really pretty equal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. As far as Spider-Man rankings go, though, it is still as much as I love it. It is my fourth favorite because I love the first two Raimi's and I love Into the Spider Verse. Mm. Those to me are all perfect for what I want out of a Spider-Man movie, at least. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, as much as I love everything to do with the characters and the, the emotion and all, and even some of the action scenes in this movie, I still feel like um, visually it's a little bland for me. Like the the climax of the movie on the Empire State Building, you can tell that it's a lot of it is green or blue screen, I guess, because I'm picturing the Andrew Garfield leak in my head. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and it's just like a it's a little bit dull and and washed out. Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, compared with the Raimi movies and the Mark Webb movies in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, as, as someone who didn't, who 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 never watched the the Webb movies, you know, until a couple weeks ago, um, I th- this is ranked high above those, uh, and and you know, I didn't have as much emotional connection to the Raimi movies, but I do think yeah. in, Into the Spider Verse tops this one, because um, it's just it's just it it, it is the perfect Spider Man movie you know Mm -hmm. despite also focusing on the multiverse you know this and no way home focus on that in such different unique and creative ways you know into the spider-verse makes full use of its of its of its the fact that it's animated and um and 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 no no way home makes full use of the fact that it's in the mcu and i think both of them you know work very well with Mm -hmm. those two things um but but yeah i i guess it's really it's really a testament as to what you what you grew up with and how that affects your your enjoyment of of these movies because you know there is there really is something for everyone here in 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 no way home Mm -hmm. um you know i mean even if you haven't you you know even if you haven't seen the other spider-man movies you can recognize oh those are those are the spider-man and you know Mm -hmm. those are the spider-man from the other movies and it's awesome seeing them interacting even if you don't even if you didn't know what happened in in those two movies in that way this one can appeal to everyone and i think it it, it works very well in uh in that way yeah, I think this one emotionally and character wise, I think I would say it's the best Spider-Man movie. And it is worth saying I have a lot of nostalgia, clearly, for the Tobey Maguire ones. Um, I think it also just kind of gets to to the heart of like, what do you want out of a movie in general beyond Spider-Man? Like for me, I love the technical aspects of movie making, mm. like cinematography and editing, that sort of thing, which is why I love Sam Raimi so much, because he has so much style, whether or not you like the style is one thing, but he has a lot of it. <laughs> like the, the horror flares in, in those first couple movies. And like um, even the Mark Webb ones, I'm thinking of the Times Square Electro scene when uh, Electro uh, does his yeah. electricity thing on the grate and then time slows down and the camera in quotes, cause I'm sure it's mostly CGI. <laughs> whips around to the different people who are on the stairs at Times Square and you see the two people's hands about to touch the railing and the electricity about to come into contact Mm -hmm. with them. That whole scene is so creatively shot, I think, Mm -hmm. and it's so 
colorful and vibrant. And so I feel like that was missing for me just a little bit, uh, particularly in the climax of No Way Home, where it's just kind of like a lot of gray, dark, washed out, computer generated sky, you know, and the, the setting is not necessarily that interesting to me, especially compared with like the, the train scene of, of Spider-Man two, for example, it's like, it makes such a great use of the, of the setting. I love it so much, but yeah, emotionally character wise, it's perfect. Mm. Yeah. I, I would say that for me, um, yeah, I, I still feel like I need to take a week or something, even though I've now, yeah. it's now been a few weeks to, to really cement it in a specific position. I can definitely say, I think it's, if it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie, it is equal to Into the Spider-Verse. Maybe it edges it yeah. out slightly, but I need to watch Into the Spider-Verse again to really decide there. Um, but it's at, it's either one or it's two. And then in terms of the MCU, yeah, I would say it's like top three kind of, or trying to decide between it and the Infinity Endgame like films. Cause for me, it's the same yep. feelings I got. Like I got all the same feelings I got in both of those films. It's all the same excitement and all the, like, especially Infinity War, I feel it rivals in its ability of telling a story where I feel maybe Endgame was really great, but I think it kind of lent into its fan service a little bit more than its story. While Infinity War just had such a fantastic character and story arc. And I feel this matches that where it balances, you know, it's almost kind of like the best parts of Infinity War and the best parts of Endgame for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I still, before I kind of decide it's my favorite of all time, I, I do want to take some time yeah. and not allow the recency bias to, to land on it. But definitely of my, course. it's definitely the Spider-Man movie that's moved me the most. And like, you know, I have enjoyed, like I mentioned, I have enjoyed the Raimis. I have enjoyed, I enjoyed the first Amazing Spider-Man and like I've seen the second one. Um but mm-hmm. it's the one where I walked out <laughs> of it really being impacted by what has happened and really actually thinking about it so much afterwards. And so it is definitely, I'd say, one or two. And that's the same with Into the Spider-Verse. Like they both just did such a fantastic job with what with the character and the characters they introduced and the concept. Um, but yeah, I would have to, but definitely in the top, I'd say top three for both of those i'd say top two for spider-man and then top three for mcu for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's i think people in general are having a similar reaction i just checked it's the 13th highest i know of all time according to imdb wow even even one week later um i mean it'll drop a little bit i'm sure but it's gonna stay pretty high i think yeah of course it's making uh it's making some money yeah well it's crossed (laughs) a billion now yeah which is insane. (laughs) I would say that what that essentially means, if it wasn't for COVID and we were living in normal times, that this easily could have been the biggest film of all time. Um, Yes. But, you Mm -hmm. know, like the, the, uh, I think I read an interview with Paul Thomas Anderson, who was, you know, I feel like every prestige director now is being questioned their thoughts on the MCU (laughs) as a whole. um, And, and as a, and as as a concept and he came out and he's like, why would I be mad? Spider-Man's going to literally be the reason that cinema is saved. Like, And it's true, you know, people weren't, like we were talking about, you know, West Side Story in that, uh, maybe it was before the podcast, but um, people, this is what's going to bring people back to theatres. This is what's going to bring people back to the cinema experience. It's something of this scale. People aren't going to spend their money on West Side Story. They're going to spend their money on something that speaks to their past and to the future of one of the most successful film experiments of all time in the MCU, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, like the fact that it's 8.9 on IMDb with 200,000 reviews is really yeah. impressive. And so 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's lauded as one of the most, like the greatest sort of superhero adventures of all time. Um, and, you know, people, it can be nitpicked. Anything with time travel, multiverse, that sort of thing can be nitpicked. But I think that what it achieves definitely outweighs anything it faults on. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I just think it deserves respect in, in that sort of sense. But I do also feel <laughs> that the next Spider-Man movie has a lot it has to live up to. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> I do have theories as well. I, cause I know I've been reading, I don't know about you guys, but I have been reading about how Tom Holland's, you know, I've been saying that he doesn't, he wouldn't want to stand in the way of who, like the next Spider-Man. My theory mm. is that the next Spider-Man movie. So they've announced a trilogy, but I don't think they've announced that Tom Holland's going to be in the trilogy necessarily, like across all of mm. them. I know he's going to be in definitely the next one. So my theory is, is that the next movie is the mantle being passed to Miles Morales. I think it's going to have the mm. first Miles Morales in live action because there's mm. a few, you know, the fact that they kind of hinted that indirectly with Electro, obviously with Into the Spider-Verse and the game, Miles Morales has only grown in popularity. And as a character, he's like, objectively cooler than peter parker because he has electricity and invisibility powers so right you know i think that this is i can totally see the next movie being like oh let's fix what's happened to peter parker let's make his life a little bit happier let's have this other person come in and let's hand over the mantle and then the next two movies will be miles morales's spider-man like entry into the mcu that's my theory anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that would make sense yeah i um i saw not to keep bringing this back to things I saw online that I thought were funny, but um, but I saw uh, a clip where um, where it, I I think it was a tweet where it said you know like 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 Tom Holland doesn't want to keep doing Spider Man movies forever, and then it had a clip from Breaking Bad where Walt says to Saul he he says you're done when I say you're done, yeah, which I yeah. think is 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 just super indicative of you know like I like I think Tom Holland said like he doesn't want to be playing spider-man when he's 34 and like you know first of all pretty specific number uh yeah. second of all i don't think he will i think you know i mean he, he's been playing spider-man for for five years now and i think within the next few years he is gonna you know i think he he as as alice was mentioning he is going to pass the mantle to someone else maybe he will like he's still gonna be in the mcu i do think he will continue to to pop mm. up because you know he is arguably like i mean you know everyone has their favorite spider-man but i think tom holland does it exceptionally well and i think he he could definitely be one of those people who you know pops up in the mcu for a guest appearance occasionally like in a Mm. team-up movie he's the one that saves a bunch of people or something along those lines or like you know if there's a if there's a new york set movie or or like like another series like hawkeye set in new york you know spider-man could could sort of pop in and 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 save them all or something along those lines um but I think it's it's his character is going to take a step back. But I think uh, I think the actor is still going to be around for for a little while. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. it's exciting. But I do think yeah, it's going to be that. I also see that as being kind of like the next natural progression into like okay, that was exciting, but Miles Morales, like that's exciting, <laughs> you know. Um, and right. also by that point, we'll either have or they'll be just about to introduce Fantastic Four, which is a whole mm-hmm. other thing. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could also talk about Venom because that yes. happens Absolutely. to the, well, the credits. Yes. That is a question. Yeah, I guess because that's the uh, uh, technically the only after credit scene because the other one's a trailer. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, like it was really interesting. I, I think it makes sense to me that, you know, Venom wouldn't want to get involved in the fight. He'd just be like, okay, 
what's happening? What, what am I doing? But then the fact that they do, I'm not surprised that they are bringing Venom into the MCU because he's such an important, like, Spider-Man villain, you know, or anti-hero. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is... I, I assume... Go ahead. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll just say quickly. This is easily something they could <laughs> they have introduced, and they could easily just lay it down for a while and bring it mm. back up whenever they want it to. Because you know, Ven- Venom is out there. He doesn't necessarily have to have to be big on the radar of any big heroes for mm. a while until he services the story. So, yeah, Foster. Yeah, sorry, I, was I uh, the, interrupted the, you. <laughs> that's okay. I forgive you. I was thinking that the goo and the ground at the end, the implication was that we're maybe not going to see Tom Hardy, but that the Venom goo is here yeah. to take over Spider-Man. So I, quite honestly, I, I prefer that. I'm not a big fan of the two Venom movies. Just they're a little too, I don't know. The tone doesn't quite work for me, I guess. But uh, um, so for me personally, I, I appreciated what they were doing with yeah. that by, by having the the nice fan service moment there's venom yay everyone can clap but uh we don't need to really mess with that sony universe although i don't really know what's happening with morbius because michael keaton is in that trailer no yeah yes, he, he's playing he adrian yep. tombs absolutely somewhat confusingly <laughs> yeah and you know there's the oh. there's the there's the spider-man <laughs> graffiti that says murderer on it but it's like the it's like uh, the toby sh- mcguire suit so who knows what the hell they're doing with that <laughs> yeah yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I need Jared Leto in my MCU right now, who, by the way, just turned 50. What? Um, wow. No. <laughs> yeah. 50? Wow. Yep. The other day. Yep. Can you believe that? I think about that every time I see that trailer. I'm like lizard <laughs> in No Way Home. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, he's yeah. not 50. Like he's been around forever, wow. but that's like Paul Rudd being 50. You're just like, I believe that Robert yep. Downey Jr. is 50, but like they're still in their 40s. This is, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. His- <laughs> Foster, yeah. he 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 literally just turned fifty yesterday. At, yeah, as yesterday. We're That's why it was on my head. So, <laughs> happy birthday to Jared. Yeah, <laughs> hope it went well. I'm. I find it very interesting that they put Jared Leto because he's a very controversial actor in general. So to put him in a super Absolutely. anti-hero role is very interesting. And um, yeah, I, I don't know what the plan is with the whole Sony <laughs> Spider Universe and the MCU. It's still. I'm just waiting for the day that Disney absorbs Sony, like, and has, right. it's only a matter of time. But um, yeah, I, I, I do, I do agree. I don't think they'll do Tom Hardy. Um, I would be. So I don't know if you guys watch Ted Lasso, but the bartender that oh he's, my god, yes, yeah, oh my god. the so, bartender yeah. he's talking to is you know from Ted Lasso, and he's a main character in Ted, or kind of main, supporting <laughs> character in Ted Lasso, and I was yeah. like. What if he becomes Venom? You know, because he's <laughs> well known. I would say he's well known enough by now, but he's at that. Marvel's really good at picking actors who are like, oh, that guy, and then be- making them become Robert Downey Jr., you know? And so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Maybe they'll do a Mexican, you know, because they're in Mexico. Maybe right. he'll be, be, they'll do a Mexican ven- Venom. That'd be cool. I would be up for that. He's a cool actor. That I like a- him. <laughs> That actor played um played Danny plays Danny Rojas in 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 Ted Lasso. Yeah, Danny right? Rojas. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Um. Yep. So yep. good. Soon he'll be saying Venom is life. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Venom. Venom Rojas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm very intrigued. And then I guess that brings us to the trailer that is now mm-hmm. open yes. for everyone to see. I have to say, have yeah. you guys seen the Doctor Strange um poster? 
the poster is yes. yeah really cool yeah it's very cool very cool definitely yeah. like very especially, new like, yeah. like like very new and unique when it comes to mcu posters especially coming off of the blandness of all of the spider-man <laughs> posters um <Yes>. just <laughs> having having something unique something that ties into you know the whole mirror aspect uh mm, and, and yeah. m- maybe teasing like the multiversal versions of these characters yeah. but yeah and then foster i'm sure you're very yeah. excited that it's helmed by raimi so <laughs> oh yeah my man which which is uh, <laughs> very interesting to me because I think that also means that it might not be the last time we see the Maguire like cohort because mm-hmm. I know that for a fact because yeah Doctor Strange was meant to be come out first they've been doing significant reshoots to involve a bunch mm-hmm. of cameos so I wouldn't be surprised if any of the cameos were you know Tobey Maguire or other like Raimi verse uh, people but also obviously I think that they're probably adding in What If Loki you know all these characters mm-hmm. we've seen since then um, but I do think that Raimi is the right director for this based as well on the trailer because they didn't they say this is going to be Marvel's first horror movie but obviously like I'm, I'm assuming that Scott, yeah. Scott Derrickson. Yeah, I'm skeptical of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's like I think Sam Raimi's really good at PG-13 horror, so I think that that's why he's yes. come in. So I'm very intrigued. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, he's he gets away with a lot. I think I really like this trailer, and I think you can tell Sam Raimi's influence right mm. away in a couple things. Mm-hmm. So number one, I came ready for this, by the way. So <laughs> buckle up. <Yeah. laughs> number one. Uh, Doctor Strange looks better. He's got the yep. darker hair. The beard is darkened. He just looks cooler, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, um, the color grading is a lot different. Mm. I think, like compared to, I've seen if you see like side by sides from Doctor Strange in Infinity War or some of the other movies, uh, it's like slightly desaturated. But here, it's like full, vibrant. The the darks are really stand out. Mm. Um, so just the the, the coloring. Looks oh, the better red, to me in this like the reds when Wanda's in full mm-hmm. Wanda, like Scarlet yeah. Witch. So, yeah. So good. yeah, yes. <laughs> and then number three, and this is like the biggest thing to me, is the camera is so free flowing and and uh, like emotive almost in this trailer. Like especially the there's one shot where he's walking up the stairway and it creeps through the rails on the left side to see Dr. Strange walking up the steps mm-hmm. and his cape is just flowing mm-hmm. slow motion behind him. It's fantastic. And, and it's, it's so much more stylish, I think, than, than we've, especially compared to No Way Home, which we just sat through right before the credits <laughs> when yeah. we see Dr. Strange. And it's like kind of unremarkable when he first appears, I think compared, compared to this, where it's like, oh, here he has arrived. Like mm-hmm. the way Sam Raimi shoots it, I think. Yeah. Um, and then when, when he exits the, was it the Sanctum Sanctorum? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Yeah when he exits the, and you see the camera whips around him like that, it's so much more interesting than when he exits the same place in no way home. And it's just kind of the camera's sat still, you know? Well, I think it um, also immediately kind of shows like, okay, we've been following a teenager. Now we're going to follow a man. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like and, and I just think even yeah. uh, uh, there are small moments where I'm like, Oh, Rachel McAdams has come back. And then also, Oh, that more dudes come back because I genuinely was wouldn't have been very surprised if they just dropped mm-hmm. him because I know that at the end of Doctor Strange obviously there's that hint of him being the big bad like going into his evil state but there's been no mention yeah. of him since then so I wouldn't have been that surprised if he hadn't but it's like oh no they're actually coming back to that they haven't forgotten about that and so but he's all like gritty and he's got dreads now and he looks yeah. like powerful and scary <laughs> like actually yeah. scary and then obviously 
So that's something that really intrigued me. And then obviously my favorite episode from What If is the Doctor Strange episode. Mm, And they bring in the misguided, we'll say, Doctor Strange (laughs) at the end there where he's like, Steven. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is going to (laughs) be. Things have gotten out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and the just like the little smile he has when he's talking mm-hmm. to him, and he just looks like he yeah. has been through it. <laughs> like this is you know yeah. if if Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't win an Oscar for Power of the Dog, could win for this one. I'm just saying, like already from <laughs> right. the trailer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My hope is that he gets to really show off in this because I feel like he's underused as Doctor Strange because he's so good in like other things like Sherlock. Power of the Dog, mm. Invitation Game, that sort of stuff. Um, I'm hoping he gets to to show off here. Yeah. He also just looks older as the as a subversive mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Like, I feel like the lines and the haggardness is really being in the, or in like, what, the ten, five seconds we've seen him in. Like, right, right. And then not to mention that we're going to see, we're going to finally see Scarlet Witch, you know, in her Scarlet yes. Witchiness, which is just going to be, yeah. she already looks so badass in this trailer. Um <laughs> I yeah I think this could be one of the most exciting films and that's have like that's me saying that with the other films this year slated for 2022 being Thor Love and Thunder where we finally get Lady Thor and Black Panther Wakanda Forever where we get I don't even know what who, who you knows know? yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so it's going to be a huge I mean it, every year is a huge year for Marvel but I feel like you know I I've been saying that Spider-Man No Way Home I feel is that point where we've finally been like, we are in the next phase. You know, the rest has been kind of wrapping up previous storylines and kind of getting prepping and everything, especially the TV shows. While this is like, we're here, this is exciting. All the stuff is happening now. We're in the next, like, kind of, we're in the next build up to the next Infinity War. And it just, you know, I that trailer really got me excited. And I'm, I, I'm like, oh, it's we have to wait till March, but it's like, oh, that's only we only really have to wait like two months. Like, it's really exciting. Right. I think didn't didn't they push it back to May? I Did think they? they pushed yeah, it back I think it's to May. May. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, because that's right. I, I think the think trailer still avoid... says March, perhaps. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I yeah. I think they wanted to avoid competition with uh, Batman, mm-hmm. and I I I just think it's not ready yet because yeah. Yeah, because of the reshoots. reshoots. Yeah, no, they. Yeah. You're right. It did push back to May. I think the trailers are still saying March. That's why, because I knew that was May, but when I saw it the other right. day, it said March. Um, well, great. Now I have to wait even longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. but yeah, yeah, just ev- everything about this trailer was really exciting. Um, you know, from seeing America, our first look at America Chavez, um, to you know, mm. we also get to see the. Um, uh, uh, I, I'm blanking on his name. I, I think it's like something like Gargantos, the giant one-eyed yeah. monster that we saw in multiple episodes of What If coming back yeah. and uh, throwing a bus. Um, yeah, just so much to look forward to. And, you, you know, obviously this trailer is not even scratching the surface, not even coming close to scratching the surface of what we are going to be seeing in this movie. Yeah, um, I feel like, you know, especially coming off of Spider-Man, it, it is going to blow a lot of people's minds. And I think I will be one of those people. Um, <laughs> yes. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's going to be and, big. <laughs> right. And from Sam Raimi directing, all I want is for Bruce Campbell to show up and just do something <laughs> fun and ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I just, w- whenever I think about that, I think about the fact that Spider-Man four, Raimi Spider-Man four might've had, um, uh, 
uh, Bruce Campbell as Mysterio, which would have mm. been very cool and very fun. Um, but but ho- hopefully we'll get we'll get Bruce Campbell do- doing something. Uh, well, Scott and, Derrickson originally here, wanted so. to bring in Namor into this movie before he mm-hmm. left, so he could still be part right. of the script. You know, like yeah, and yeah. and yeah, there's just. There's a lot of potential here and I don't even like Marvel's now playing with things that no movie has ever has ever thought to play with, which also means they're at the mercy of many people. I'm sure nitpicking now in terms of like concepts and multiverse and time travel Mm -hmm. and all that thing. Like I'm already seeing so many theories from the trailer, like someone saying that behind there's a bit where you see Wanda's hand and there's like an orange door behind her. And someone's like, that's a TVA door from Loki. And it's just, Mm. um, yeah, I just, I I'm, very excited and then yeah like you said america chavez coming in and she has really cool powers and i think that that's kind of that final step as well for the young avengers finally being introduced of course um despite kevin feige saying that there are no plans for young avengers i mean yeah okay but andrew garfield also said he wasn't in no way home so (laughs) we know that you just lie (laughs) like like, (laughs) there's no way they brought in literally every character of the young avengers and then just not having that happen um but yeah no unless they just put him in the actual adventures but i don't even know we could talk about this for hours i could talk about this for hours but um yeah we'll do we'll do do a separate pre-doctor strange episode where we where where we where we talk about you know our 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 theories right before then but uh yeah yeah um so yeah so that was spider-man no way home our podcast review was as long as the movie (laughs) 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 which just goes to show you know i mean I this movie was was just absolutely fantastic and you know a discussion doesn't necessarily have to be you know saying you know what could have been better and 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 what we mm. liked about this movie and what and what we didn't like this podcast was just us just gushing about this movie for two and a half hours because that's the, what it is it's so good it's just the movie that you just want to point out all of your favorite parts point out the parts that really worked for you and I think I'm, I'm really glad that that's all of what we did here um so uh yeah i i want to thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode i had a lot of fun um and uh so uh, alice where can the people find you if 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 they would like to interact with you on social media or something i don't know yeah absolutely no um so you can find me on instagram and letterboxd um at ali g mick m-i-c-h um i also obviously write for siftpop.com um so i have a monthly column that i write for them called one stop pop where i make recommendations based on what was the most popular piece of media from the month before I'm sure you don't have to guess whatever the, what this month's gonna be um <laughs> And then uh, I also am about to probably by the time this has come out or, or shortly after, um, I'm about to send off my review for being the Ricardos. So that's my next one. And then mm. next one after that will, will be Morbius. So wish me luck. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, and Foster, uh, how about you? Uh, I've got a Twitter letterbox. Both of those are F-O-S-T-H-101. I don't do much on the Twitter, but I more than make up for it with, with Letterboxd. <laughs> so that's where you can find yeah. me. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd, uh, Rowan Wood under my name. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at Bits of Joel. And if you like what you heard here today and you want to read more, uh, go to thelenientcritic.com. That is my website where I talk about movies and TV. And I do this podcast once a week. So uh, don't forget to subscribe, you know, leave a comment, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. I like doing this and I want to keep doing it. <laughs> and uh, your guys' support means a lot. So 
to all those of you listening out there thank you so much especially if you've listened this far uh thank you allison foster for joining me once again and uh, to all of you listening out there thank you and i will see you next week <laughs>